0: This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? (laughs) Good morning, Jake.
1: Hello.
0: Good to see you, friend you too. As again, Jake is adjusting dials without permission. Oh, kids, these days, the Monty Show, as always, presented by the Advocates, Utah Did you know they handle Social Security as well? Yeah, you need to apply. It's a big, huge process. Get to Utah Jab Chat with them online right now. The best injury attorneys in the business, the Advocates, Utah Advocates.com. Uh, we have... D-Day in the Pac-12.
2: Breaking!
0: Yes, indeed. The UC Board of Regents will meet to discuss UCLA's future. Should UCLA stay in the Pac-12? Or should UCLA vacate the Pac-12 and head to the Big Ten? We'll talk about UCLA and the Pac-12 coming up. What about Bo and Go Ducks? Bo Nix looks like he's out. You'll hear from a teammate who will tell you why and how. Can the Ducks beat your Utah Utes without Bo Nix? I don't see any way that the Ducks win without Bo Nix. If he doesn't play and play well, thigh slash knee contusion Contusion. I just don't see how they win that game. Yeah. How many wins will the Utah Jazz have? Who's the best player in the NBA? Now, Jake, you are a noted Golden State Warrior homer. Right, right, um, a homer. You know, your favorite player, obviously, next to Devin Booker is Steph Curry. Right. Um. Did you see what he did last night? Yeah, 50-piece nugget. No, he lost to... The best player in the NBA, Devin right, Booker, who right. not only <laughs> continues right. to defy the Kardashian curse, right, but he also is a scoring machine. He cannot be stopped. Uh, I don't know why people even try. I know. Devin Booker's the best player in the history of, of men's basketball ever, period. Okay, there you Congratulations, go. Congratulations, um, but that's bullshit. <laughs> what's up, Kurt Myers? First one in. Uh, as always, good to see you, Kurt. Hey, don't forget that uh, the Monty Show will be live at Super Chicks um, in Ogden on Riverdale Road. Ogden. It's actually Riverdale, but technically, Riverdale. Right out there by our old friends at Kia,
3: Kia, Kia. Wasatch Front Kia. 1140 West Riverdale Road in Riverdale.
0: That's right. Uh, Super Chicks saw... Uh, uh, I, I appreciate everybody who tweeted with us. Jake and I actually went to Super Chicks. He humiliated me by getting, uh, you know, avocado toast or asking for... It's a
3: Bacavo we, chicken sandwich. with walk in, bacon and avocado. We walk into
0: Super Chicks and there's this Fire. very nice young lady at the register. And Jake's like, hey... Uh by the way, can I have a chicken burrito and um hey guys. You know, hold the jalapenos?
3: Hold the jalapenos. And he's like,
0: she's like, excuse me, sir. We don't serve Excuse me. We don't serve chicken burritos here at Super Chicks. So Jake had to get a chicken sandwich. Is that exactly how it went <laughs> down, Jake?
3: <clears throat> yeah, that's precisely what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't care. I tried it to is. get a chicken burrito you know. at a sando
0: place. Yeah, you know. You know. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. By the way, uh, Jesse Harsh Harsh says shout-out to Ogden. Yeah, shout-out to Ogden. Shout-out to Ogden. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's get to work um, because I think the biggest story in sports this morning is UCLA leaving the Pac-12. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, and we've talked about the fact that the UC Board of Regents today are scheduled to talk uh, about UCLA with UCLA and make this decision on if UCLA can stay in the Pac-12 or should they be allowed to vacate and go to greener pastures in the Big Ten. I have no doubt, and maybe little doubt is the right way to say it, but I have very little doubt that UCLA is going to the Big Ten. I think at the end of the day, it's what's best for the UC system, and I think they know that. If you block UCLA to the Big Ten, you're probably blocking Cal to the Big Ten, which would be bad for everybody. So I think ultimately UCLA ends up in the Big Ten. But Jake, I guess the question is, without UCLA, is the Pac-12 a viable conference?
3: Yeah, you know, I I think, is it a viable conference? That's a really tough question to answer right now just because of – you know expansion and and all these rumors about like who the pack might add and, and what this conference looks like but i certainly think it's fair to say that without ucla which which admittedly has not been some amazing football program over the last decade, but is definitely a uh, big-time educational facility. It's definitely a big-time school. Institution. Yeah, an institution of higher learning where we don't know how to win football games. Um, Yeah, you know, I think the Pac-12 has a path forward without UCLA, but I I also think that, you know, this just comes down to money. Like, I I, I just hope everyone understands that. Like, this isn't about, like, you know— travel plans or 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 recruiting or or any other detail with inside of football like yes those are topics those are things that will be broached and and those are things that need to be figured out and we're going to talk about those things today but but this conversation and particularly in the pac 12 because they struggle so much with distribution and bringing money in this is a money conversation in many different ways so to me you know I'm going, why'd what you, are you stop? Doing? What do you mean? What, what What are you doing right now? Cracking
0: open a rock star. Hey, you start talking shit. Yeah, what are you talking about?
3: Well, why would you, you, I was on a flow right there.
0: Nah, you're never on a flow. The point is Come on. that UCLA leaving the Pac-12 is a death knoll. Why, why do we have to like spin this? And Well, maybe uh, if they got super chicks to offer up free chicken sandwiches, Look deluxe chicken sandwiches to every school. Paco's. Listen. Without UCLA, the Pac-12 is dead, and we can sit here and spin and hope and wonder. USC's gone. Without UCLA, the Pac-12 is dead. They don't have Los Angeles. They don't have Southern California. They have nothing, frankly, south of Stanford, south of Palo Alto. That's a problem. Yeah. you've got you know UC Berkeley and Stanford, and then everything else is frankly east and north and that's just not going to work because you don't have Los Angeles anymore that's an issue so I guess my point is is this even a conversation well it is because I think that George Gliavkov, in my opinion has been dishonest and disingenuous with the numbers that he has given to the the board of regents and there's been all of these you know conversations about you know well what is their impact well the impact is that you're making $34 million a year per school in the Mm Pac-12. And in the Big Ten, UCLA's looking at a $75 million per season payday just from their TV rights. That doesn't even include postseason. That doesn't even include all the other revenue that would be higher because of the Big Ten. Nobody wants to talk about that. I also think what UCLA has said about USC and being a travel partner with USC and splitting charter flights, and I think that makes perfect sense. And what I love is the homers in the media that cover the the Pac-10 are like, well, that's a huge rivalry. Nobody's going to want to, USC and UCLA are not going to want to fly together. Mm-hmm. So wait, let me get this right. You're telling me, and I'm not talking about football because obviously USC and UCLA are not going to share a charter to the same areas. That's not gonna happen. But if USC and UCLA basketball are heading back to play, you know, let's say Maryland and Michigan and Michigan State, they're gonna stay there for a week and they're gonna share a charter flight for each of those three areas so that they lower their cost, it's easier on the student and they're doing these jamboree situations where they go and they stay out east for a week, they have full educational infrastructure and they play athletic games and it keeps them within the the legal parameters of how many hours kids are allowed to spend on their chosen sport. Yeah. If, if the UC Board of Regents is looking at this as a way to help the Pac-12 survive, that's a complete mistake. And it wouldn't surprise me if that happens because California is so dysfunctional.
3: Yeah, and I think that, you know, you're, there there are a lot of rules. There are a lot of things that they do have to abide by. But but I, I just think that, again, when, when it comes to making money, like the, the Pac-12 is in this situation because they haven't done well enough. And, and, and I, I first want to say I think it's super courageous that that USC and UCLA sort of took the leap because frankly no one else is doing what these two are doing no one else has said yeah you know we're going to change course here and we're going to change conferences yeah and like it's also important to understand that SC and UCLA are in two very different positions here like SC is a private institution can do whatever the hell they want to do right which is why they're going to the Big Ten right but but UCLA being uh, a, a public institution being being part of the system they th- that's why this board of regents thing is so important because they have to make the final decision but i totally agree like you wouldn't it doesn't make sense financially for a school who basically operates at a loss every single year and has for a while why would you not you know approve a, a decision that takes you closer to being profitable that takes you closer to being even every single year i I don't know the numbers well enough to tell you if by going to the big 10 they're all of a sudden going to become profitable but But i
0: don't think anybody knows those numbers
3: and that's the problem i don't even think george klyovkov knows the numbers i would agree like that's why you hear asinine things like Back of the envelope calculations. That's why to your point, you know, he never wants to answer the questions about, well, hey, like how much like he did he does this he did this press conference, you know, like three weeks ago, at, whatever it was. At Pac 12, Basketball Media Day. And they asked him, hey, how much would like roughly like the reporter didn't even ask him for a specific number? The reporter said, Hey, what's the ballpark on how much UCLA would would either save or like how much closer would they be to profiting by moving to the Big Ten? George goes off into this whole thing about how it's going to cost them more and the travel expenses offset any profit they would make, which just is not true. And that's why you're hearing about sharing charters and working together and, and basically trying to create this environment and to save costs.
0: A lot of it is that I think USC understands that there is absolute value in having a travel partner like UCLA. And it, it again, it does not work for football. But football is very different. It is a two-day travel turnaround, mm-hmm. and teams travel across the country all the time. We've seen it with Utah going to Florida. We've seen it with BYU going just about all over the country. East Carolina, East Carolina coming to Provo, exactly right. Or you know, BYU going to USF. Like in football, it's not that big of a deal. It's basketball, and it is the other lower-end sports that you have to worry about.
3: That don't have 53-man rosters, or I don't know, in college right. football have huge rosters. Right, but the other point here
0: is what you talked about. George Glyovkov didn't want to answer the question about specific numbers because I don't think he can back it up with facts. He he said it Pac-12 Media Days, um, and then he went on the the wilner kanzano love fest that is absolutely a, a joke of a podcast because it's not – it's not credible because all they do is, you know, slurp and splash on the Mm Pac-12. And he's like, well, we did some back of the envelope calculations. Right, right. And then when he's asked about that at Pac-12 basketball media day, he's like, well, you can go look them up. Well, I'm not gonna give those to you. Right. Because you don't have them, Um, You, you, you don't have them. You cannot back up with factual calculations that UCLA is going to lose money going to the Big Ten. Thanks. I don't think you can back that up. Nope. I don't. And having talked to people in the TV industry on a regular basis about this, most people's concerns for UCLA are that the people who run the UC uh, educational system are not sports people. They are doctorates. They are educators. They are professors. They are They are politicians. And those people don't care about winning and losing football games or basketball games. And so I don't think they care about the money from the Big Ten. Yeah, All they care about is, well, we have to do what's best for the California educational system. Um, But doesn't that mean you have to care about winning and losing football games in the Big Ten? Yes. And I'm telling you, yeah, absolutely you do. And
3: by the way, I think we need to get into this nonsense about the fact, like some people are saying that You know USC and UCLA are this rivalry and that and that they would never share a plane or that they would never work together in business they would never work together to to save money or to to create a better environment for the student athlete and and I have uh some unfortunate news for UCLA fans you haven't won enough not nearly enough to be considered a rival to USC do you play in each other's backyards are you both la teams do you have a bit of fun with it when you play each other absolutely right absolutely i'm sure that tailgating in the parking lot at usc and ucla games is loads of fun but i'm talking about in business this is not a rivalry you are not rivals to the point where you would not even consider doing business together and and, and so that I think you just have to clearly understand that. They may play in each other's backyards, but they are definitely going to do business together. This is not, you know, Georgia, Alabama. This is not, you know, Nick Saban and, and, and Jimbo. You know, that's not what we're talking about here.
0: Well, the Homer Pac-12 media is trying to compare USC and UCLA to Auburn and Alabama. And I got news for you. It ain't nearly Auburn and Alabama. I can tell you that I work there. I was one of the producers of the USC athletic uh, radio network. And I can tell you there's, it, it, and legitimately, there's too many beaches. There's too many golden racks and hot chicks and bikinis. There's too many movie stars. There's too many hiking trails. <laughs> there's too many theme parks. There's too many everything else to do in Southern California to have one of the most heated rivalries in, in College sports. It's not BYU in Utah. No. It's not Auburn and Alabama. It's not Florida, Georgia, line. But all due respect, it's none of that. It's not Florida State, Miami. It's not Texas, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, SC. It's not. It's not. And the thing that I I I think you have to understand is there is a lot of the word is apathy. Yeah. Oh, oh, UCLA won. All right. Cool. Go Bruins. Hey, by the way, what times? What times are sushi reservation? Like that's what it is. Yeah, that's how it is on the USC side of things. Yeah, football fans are a lot more passionate at USC than they are at UCLA. That's from personal experience, and I tell you all the time on this show. I have a ton of USC alum friends. I'm a Notre Dame fan. It's great fun. It's great fodder. They care there far is no question. Yeah, they care far more about beating Notre Dame than they do about UCLA. Yeah, far more. But I also think that USC fans understand how important UCLA is to them going to the Big Ten, because it makes USC's life much, much, much more difficult not to have a travel partner with UCLA. Yeah, it it just 100%. does. So it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to call USC and UCLA one of the best rivalries in college athletics. It, it's not. It it just is not. And. I can think of it, it, it's akin to Cal and Stanford. You know, if if a tree falls in the woods and no bear is there taking a dump, does anybody even know the tree fell down?
3: It's ridiculous.
0: I don't think that's the exact. Yeah. Pr- I don't.
3: Maybe yeah, that's yeah, and a poor example. Time to do another Cabela's segment about trees yeah. falling down. Duck
0: hunt. Yeah. Anyway, I the yeah the point is um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's it's not like even Washington, Washington State. Um, The apple cup is, is more heated. Like Mm -hmm. I look at, I look at rivalries and I say, Hey, you know what? I would tell you it's very much like BYU and Utah state. That's what it's akin to. Yeah. It's not BYU and Utah. It's BYU and Utah state. That's what I would compare yeah. the USC UCLA rivalry to. You have so, to win
3: for it to be a rivalry.
0: Yeah, and they and they don't win. And you know the amazing thing is this rivalry uh, has brought bots into the chat. And you know, <laughs> um, I, I don't. I, it's it is six twenty mountain dude. time. Come on, it
3: is six twenty mountain time, and bots are in the chat. Come on. I mean, I know the show is good, but it can't be that good. Come you know. On um
0: i'm 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 just saying you know uh let's get some of your thoughts on this because i'm cur- do you guys care about this do you guys care about you ucla leaving the pac-12 i'm curious where you come down on this i i i, I, I mean, don't I
3: think it's definitely a big story i i think that you know you're
0: it, i think it's a huge story i really i i care a lot about it
3: i, I do. don't think that the the average college football fan Necessarily cares about the concept of UCLA leaving, but I think they care about the concept of the Pac-12 burning in the ground. That's what I think they care about. You do in this, in this, this you, UCLA. Do you, wait, hold
0: on. Do you think Georgia, Florida? Boston College fan, any Big Ten fan, even any Big Ten fan yeah. who's largely yeah. impacted by this, yeah. do you think any Big Ten fan cares about UCLA leaving the Pac-12?
3: Yeah, I think they do because I, I think when things like the college football playoff ranking comes out and the Pac-12 has six in there and they're trying to flex and make a statement and stuff, I think if you're a Big Ten fan, yeah. you know, you're know <laughs> you looking at your new friends coming into the conference. Uh, and I know. do
0: think it's impressive, like, by the way. Yeah, I do think it's impressive that the pac-12 has six in this week's college football playoff top 25 which by the way you detest you
3: don't think there should be a top 25 this is complete garbage but that's a you know that like this is i'm sorry did you say this is complete garbage the idea that that there is no thought put into context with the with the top 25. first of all (laughs) we shouldn't even have a top 25 for college football playoff (laughs) rankings because I got news for Oregon State at 25. You're not going to the college football playoffs. So but we don't North, even need But North a top Carolina 25. State. But but Kentucky is the greatest thing since sliced footballs in week but, one. But but, but Penn Come State. Come on. You know, like, but my point is why are you, I, What I don't understand
0: is why are you such a red ass about it?
3: Because it's like, it's it's, a, it's, it's, it, it seems is, like somebody okay. crapped on
0: your okay. pillow. And you're like, I can't believe this. I am so upset <laughs> that there's a college football playoff top 10. I'm
3: upset. Oh my that god. There is twenty five. It should be college, it should be the top ten. Right? Like, I don't give a damn about the sixteenth team in the nation. Right? Who cares? But right? but we are we are the Beavers. And yeah, we play at like, Research Stadium. Like, Neat, get some more wood out. You're gonna need a bigger dam. Corvallis, like, Corvallis, Oregon, bitches. Jesus. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, but my point is, is you're if you're so a Big Ten, about it. if you're a Big Ten fan, you're looking at this graphic right here. You're saying, "Wow, we got three teams in." Yeah. What? And By the way, next year we're probably going to have five because we're getting SC and UCLA, right? And then so two that's years. why I think, or two years. That's why I think you're gonna. That's why I think a Big Ten fan would care about this, not because there there are some passionate fan base for the Pac-12. Yeah, Nobody I, gives a damn about the Pac-12 out so, east. Like, let's just be really clear on that. Nobody in Georgia or Florida or, you know, in the Midwest even cares about the Pac-12. But when it comes time wow. to do business and peop- and you're going to add teams, now we start to care because it impacts them. So that's why I think they care.
0: Okay, I'm not quite such a bitter jaded prick as Jake is. I, I would tell you that I think there are corners of SEC country I have a hard time believing that Arkansas cares about the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, how many people, how many people in the SEC even know that there's a UC Board of Regents or that UCLA is impacted by that? How many people even Probably know what the UC Board of Regents is? Yeah, I would agree with that uh boyd lake how the heck are you i want the utes in the big 12 so yeah i care about uh but not in a concerned way yeah
3: you see what I that mean? makes a lot of yeah. sense like but that, that makes a lot boyd. of sense like that like boyd is someone who follows football in in the state of utah so utah yes. going to another conference okay i'm obviously going to care about that
0: yep les wayman good morning to you how the heck are you what's up m Alvarez? cody strickland Says it's Alex Caruso for best NBA player. Come on, boys. I mean, it, it, it makes perfect sense. Uh, Neville93, good morning to you. He says, What's up, casual fans? Uh, Jesse Harsh says, Morning, brethren. UCLA will to wherever will fill up their stadium. So nowhere. <laughs> Nobody's. <laughs> wow. You, you know. Don't be bitter. Uh, M Alvarez says, uh, Jeff Hornacek, best player ever. I want some of what you're smoking. Right. Uh, Lord Radon says, UCLA is gone too. You really, do you guys, at the end of the day, is UCLA going to the Big 10? I think it's 80-20. I think it's
3: a formality. I think there's gonna be
0: some red ass politicians who are like, I can't believe that we would stress the academic abilities and culture of these fine students just to make more money. Like for instance, There's those people, but I also think there's. I know there's two regions who are like, "Hey man, we gotta compete for a national championship. We need a college football playoff." Brad, like, wow, Bruins, let's go! Yeah, like there are those guys.
3: Pause, bro. Pause.
0: The problem is, it's the state of California. They are far more worried about figuring out regulation, taxes, budget. Mm -hmm. They have much larger issues Mm -hmm. than whether UCLA is going to the Big Ten or not. Mm -hmm. So. I also think their biggest concern is okay. Well, can we squeeze UCLA to get Cal more money? And if the answer is yes, I you know I think that that UCLA winds up in the Big Ten because UCLA, by the way, is going to be at the Board of Regents. They're going to speak. They're going to be asked questions like
3: this. Is like the meeting to decide everything. Yeah, this so is like everyone's going to be at the table. Yeah,
0: I mean it's on the table here. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it is what it is. G Lee says San Diego State why yes sir uh lord radon says 75 million a year in the big 10 just to start just to start is exactly right yeah. lord radon you are exactly right and Alvarez says money talks and george's bull ass is going to walk ucla right out of the pac 12 you would think so uh eric and raleigh the pac zero is dead regardless of whether ucla stays or not well it gets them probably 40 million bucks a year if ucla stays So it's a big deal. What's up, San Diego State Aztec? Uh, Jesse Harsh says, the real story is BYU's uh, men's basketball team pulled out a thriller against Missouri State. By the way, anybody see Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith? Buddy, buddy sitting next to each other at the BYU Hoops game. Neat. You know. Uh, Boyd Lake says, UCLA needs their own stadium. They need their own stadium on campus in Westwood. Yeah. The problem is they play in Pasadena, California.
3: In the hills of the rich folks. Yeah,
0: and... Like there, I, I don't know how many of you have been to the Rose Bowl or not, but having lived there and been to, I've been to the Rose Bowl a hundred times. It's in a neighborhood. Like I mean, think about the city that you live in. Look out your front door and imagine that across the street instead of Steve and Carol, the Rose Bowl is sitting there. Keep it real. That's what it is in, in Pasadena. It is up in the hills. And they dropped a football stadium. And really what they did is put a stadium and build a bunch of houses.
3: You know where the Capitol is in Salt Lake, right? You go up the hill in the avenues. Imagine that's the Rose Bowl. That's crazy. Like, that's literally what it is.
0: That's crazy. Anytime we talk college football on this show, it is presented by our good friends at the Barbecue Pit Stop. Oh, my God. You already know that they have the best equipment, right? you already know that it's traeger yoder big green egg camp chef you name it they've got it and as i said yesterday on the show every man needs a good set of tongs i'm for real right like uh, hey give me some tongs. some tongs i gotta i gotta turn the wings rotate now, are the you pizza. more of a metal guy or a plastic guy i am not a plastic guy dumbass they melt under heat i don't know <laughs> yes. if you know that right so we're all metal on this show with some rubber guards the name on the melts side.
3: under heat. <laughs>
0: Just kind of a thing with plastic and yeah. stuff. Polytechnic institutions. Uh anyway, the point is, uh if you every man needs a good set of tongs. I I, I don't know what's going on. You feel me? Show. The synapses are not firing. Uh the point is, uh they have great tongs, they have aprons, they have every piece of equipment you need. All those they have these cool little uh temperature guns, you know how you like need to figure out your meat Hey, hey, sweetheart, Sorry, how I hot's you my said meat? You got
3: to figure out your meat.
0: Hey, check the temperature of my meat. They have a little, you know, like those radar yeah, temperature those guns, guns radar, temperature radar things and radon stuff. stuff. They have those probes that you stick inside your meat that kind of hurts, but you do it anyways. Seems like a great opportunity to smell and splash. Uh, they have all that stuff, too. It's it, the it, technology, you name it, they've got it. They have meat because they have butcher counters. Absolutely but they also have every rub, spice, wing dust, sauce. They
3: even make Traeger mats that you can put in front of your Traeger.
0: Which I actually think is baller, by the way. By the way. Come on. I don't have one and I want one. So my guys at barbecue pit stop, go ahead and drop one off. Yeah, hook it up. Let's get it done. Casa de Monte. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But anyway, (coughs) the point is, um, yeah, the mats, the Traeger mats that you put on the ground, like they're big rubber mats. They're orange with black Traeger writing on them. Yes. Yes. Amazing. I'm telling you amazing. But it's the people at barbecue pit stop and I'm being all serious. The people at barbecue pit stop are phenomenal. If you get on their website bbqpitstop.com and chat with them, you can say, "Hey, you know what? I'm smoking a turkey breast for for Thanksgiving. You know what kind of seasoning should I use on that? Hey, how long do I need to let that rest? Do I need to season it and then, you know, wait before I put it on the grill or can I just season it, toss it and put it right on?" There's a big difference. You probably need to let that seasoning break down the enzymes of your meat and stuff. Yeah. Like, they'll give you all that advice. Whether you're a customer there or not, chat with them online, they'll tell you. And, oh, by the way, are you in Texas or Timbuktu? And you want that asado seasoning that's the greatness that we always espouse about? From Flavor Knuckles. They'll uh, they'll mail it to you. You can order online, barbecuepitstop.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show or check them out in any of their five Utah locations, north to south. Uh, we swing. We start up here in Logan, down to Layton, over to Murray, over to Lehigh, down to our good friends who are always on fire and sweating their asses off in St. <laughs> George because that's just what happens in the desert. Yeah. You name it, they've got it at Uh A couple more of your comments. It was probably over the top. Uh, <laughs> D5 Terps. Says, people live in the past and think that things are the same. Kids aren't into rivalries like they used to, and technology will allow athletes to stay engaged in classes without a hitch. But D5, bro, it's academics, and you know what? If I don't have the right pencil sharpener on the wall in Mrs. Toomey's science class. Oh, uh, shit. See, I think this is a phenomenal point. Yeah. School isn't school the way it used to be school. One of the things that came out of the Coco era is that we don't need to be in the building to work or go to class. So if you are in Baltimore, Maryland, or if you are in Chicago, Evanston, playing Northwestern, before you head up to East Lansing to take on Michigan State, that doesn't mean you're missing school. You can a tele- school you can tele-commute to school. The coronavirus. They all have these little things, and I know it's crazy. Careful, careful. Tablets and computers. Yeah. Like it's it's there. So, I a 5 I think that's an absolute right point. Exactly right. D5 Terps. Yeah. Uh, to which Lord Radon says, yeah, the only thing to worry about is the, the time difference of class when they are on the East Coast. Well, what it means is they get to sleep until 9 on the East Coast when their class starts at 7 on the West Coast. Or, hey, if... If my class is at nine Pacific and I'm in, uh, you know, playing the Terps in in Maryland, hey, guess what? I that's noon. I can sleep a little later, or yeah. I don't think it's the doom and gloom that people make it out to be.
3: It's really not. And by the way, even if it was, that's the price you pay for wanting to be an athlete. I mean, that's that's you know that that's always been the trade off. It's not. Yes. Every, I feel like everyone makes it out to be some some like you know cakewalk to be a, a student athlete and it's not you're working two jobs like trust me when I say I know what it's like to work like three jobs at once we do it every day yeah, so like you we know, do it's it's literally one of these things where it's the price you you pay but it's not really that heavy of a price no and there are
0: all kinds of studies about mental health and it damages and I don't know if I buy that because I don't think we know I truly don't think we know and you know, I saw a couple of comments about hey, they won't be able to take good notes in class. Are you kidding me? A, classes are posted online all the time. B, you have academic advisors, and I don't know how many people know this. Now you know, I'm not gonna say institutionally, but academic advisors take notes in class all the time. So <laughs> you'll have strategies, sir. You'll have a um, an academic liaison, let's say. Right. That'll travel with the basketball team they will watch the class live or on tape and take detailed notes for the players who are in that class. Like this is not rocket science. So you can get this done. It's a, it's a matter of priorities and what your priorities are. And if you are on the UC board of regents and probably justifiably so your priority should be the, the better academic health of the program.
3: Like you understand that, that, like for football, because football is very different than other sports. We've said that like five times today, yeah. but in this conversation, I think it's important to point it out.
0: Oh, and it, it, D5 Terps, exactly right. Classes get recorded all the time. Minimal interference. I, I, I think it's exactly
3: right. And that's my point. Like if you're a football player, they're going to to do that grunt work for you <laughs> where they're going to get the material ready. And then you're just gonna have to go in, work with them, and learn it, and pass the class. That's how it works, man.
0: Yep. Uh, let's see. Kurt Meyer says hunting on the nines, brought to you by Cabela's. Yeah, Cabela's. Uh, Jesse Harsh says, yeah, it's a great segment. I get a good power nap during it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Lord Radon says, I would think that if they are in uh, on the East Coast, they could just get a room on campus at Maryland Rutgers or wherever they are, and do their stuff that day. What they do is. When you have a team that's traveling, a basketball team is the best example because I know this specifically. What they'll do is in the hotel that they stay in, they will have a conference room and they have, a, they have blocks of time. And a lot of this happens at night. They have blocks of time where, hey, here's study hall on the road. And they have those academic advisors supervise study hall and they work with the kids in their specific areas so that they still get that education and they get their academics done. Yeah, It's the reason that you have all academic athletic teams.
3: Like, you see the picture that's being painted here. Like, they are football players that then get help to do the academic stuff, right? They're basketball players that get a lot of assistance to do the academic stuff. Like, that is literally how it has to work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I think it is. I I think it's vital. I, I, I truly do. Uh, let's see. Mike Maple says uh, USC is the only packed uh, packed team with a shot at the college football playoff. I don't think so. I think that if it, I think if Utah can beat Oregon, I think Utah's got a legitimate shot. Um, and we'll talk uh, the Utes and the Oregon Ducks. By the way, Bo Nix is in doubt. You'll hear why coming up at seven o'clock. Coming up in about twenty minutes. Um, jesse harsh says agreed jake no one gives a flying fart about anyone's past uh anyone past the top 10. Yeah. yep uh i i think that's exactly right brian hornbeck agrees with you says yes top 10. um come on now uh <laughs> mark rasmussen pops in and says trump 2024 let's go well He's thank a bomb. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, Lord Radon says, if academics come up, UCLA needs to point out how much more prestigious an academic conference the big is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, the time difference isn't doom or gloom, and it's the only thing I can come up with that may be an issue. Yeah, I agree. D5 Turp says, 100% UCLA is gone. Uh, Movie Time Blues says, the academic consortium, by the way, is called the BTAA, correct, Boyd Lake. And rivalries are basic human psychology. Has the Holy War lost its intensity? Nope. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. D5 Turp says, my neighbor's names are Stephen Carroll. That's cool. Well, hey, I, said look out, I said, look out the front door. If Stephen Carroll look out their front window. Hey, Stephen Carroll. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let's see. Movie time. Uh, Blue says, Big Ten presidents would love Stanford. I think they absolutely would love Stanford and Cal. Washington and Oregon an institution of higher learning I I think there's no doubt there there is absolutely no doubt uh let's see UCLA is considering moving to SoFi Stadium Provo Cougar fan yeah I've heard that but I also think that there there is a lot of merit um in in an on-campus facility I mean I I think San Diego State is the perfect example the problem is if they build it on-campus at UCLA UCLA is going to have to eat a little of their crow because you're not going to get 50,000 fans in a football stadium for UCLA. Mm-hmm. You're just not. And this is kind of what I've said about, for instance, BYU in Utah. Right. Oh, we've got to expand it. We've got to have more fans. Do you? Do you even lift? Can you get... Well, oh, we got to have LaVal Edwards. Have Do you seven, even lift? I mean, 70,000 seats. You really think you could sell 70,000 BYU tickets every
3: Obviously week? Obviously
0: not. Come on now. Are you serious? Come on now. Serious? No. Serious? Bro, you can't. You... And UCLA, if UCLA does what San Diego State did, build a 40,000 seat stadium. Do it. See how full it looks because it will look full. It's embarrassing, you know, in September and October when the Rose Bowl is empty. And it looks like in the Rose Bowl, because it's so massive, it looks like there's 5,000 fans there. It's embarrassing.
3: doesn't make you feel responsible.
0: Yeah, it's so empty, it echoes. I kid you not. There are, when the band plays, the acoustics are so bad in the Rose Bowl when it's empty. You can hear them when there's not when it's not full. Yeah, you can hear the band's music bouncing off of the walls. The seats in there, that's how embarrassing it is. Yet it, it, you you go to a place like BYU where BYU fans are rabid. Like the Rock is one of the most underrated student sections in the country. And hey, we got sixty thousand fans. And the problem is the corners aren't sold out. You have empty corner seats or yep. at Rice Eccles or. I think the smartest thing that Utah did is not expand the seating capacity to some massive 70,000 seat shrine. Because yeah. you're not going to sell that place out. Please trust me when I tell you, don't do 70, do 50, and watch how much more full it feels. Watch how much more demand there is for tickets. Yeah. And what does demand do? Raises prices. You make more money on 50,000 instead of an empty 10,000 seats at 70,000. Yeah. That's the the smart mathematics, in my opinion. I just, I don't think that you can, yeah. I don't think you can do that. Uh, Brian Hornbeck says they have plenty of room at Maryland and Rutgers for opposing teams. Nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about Rutgers. Maryland is different. Maryland's got a great tr- tradition of basketball and um, athletics down the chain. Like, Rutgers just sucks. Like, it, it is... <laughs> You guys just flat out suck. <laughs> I mean, you, you're not because uh, like, it's garbage. Is Rutgers even even relevant in any sport? I I, I want to say their most successful sport is lacrosse. Men's <laughs> lacrosse. I'm not kidding. Yeah, next question. Men's lacrosse. I believe at Maryland, you know who Gary Williams is. You know about the basketball program. You know, like it, Rutgers is just irrelevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just to me, anyway. We we could go on and on. Uh, Let's see D5 Terp says Stanford Notre Dame to the Big Ten is next I don't think so I don't think you're ever going to get Notre Dame in a football conference why would you why would you if you're Notre Dame yeah Notre Dame and, and I know we've had this conversation before and I know you're probably sick of me uh espousing about the tremendous awesomeness it's incredible of the the you know the notre dame fighting irish package and stuff yeah the package but if you look at notre dame's schedule they could easily be nine and one i'm a man let's just chalk up ohio state as a loss okay that's one loss right okay i'm good with that you should have beat marshall who are we kidding you should have beat stanford who are we kidding what would their record be if they had beat the two crappiest teams on their schedule and they didn't. Yeah. They'd be nine and one right now.
4: Sorry, folks, that's what it is.
0: They'd be, Notre Dame, it'd be nine and one and probably number two in the country. Okay, yeah. you lost to Ohio State. They'd be number three in the country. At nine and one, your only loss is to number two Ohio State. They'd be third in the college football playoff rankings right now. Yeah. Why would Notre Dame join a conference? Why? I there's It, it makes zero sense for Notre Dame football to go into a conference. They're making huge money on TV. They're going to get a bump in compensation. Yeah. Why why would you do that? They're playing huge games. Like if you look at the TV numbers on BYU Notre Dame, right? You look at the fact that they have a massive game to end the season with none other than the USC Trojans. Uh-huh. You look at that and you look at hey, you're 9 and 1. That'd be number 3 Notre Dame. Versus number, what, seven, I think, USC? Yeah. Does it get much bigger than that on the 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 weekend after Thanksgiving? No. Like, why would Notre Dame join a conference? It makes no sense at all. As we talk college football and UCLA to the Big Ten here on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. I just don't ever see them. I don't ever see them joining a conference. I really don't. Yeah. I I mean, mean, it
3: doesn't, again, it's just not, these people are not going to do things that are illogical, right? Like you're like, when you get to the regent level, when you get to that high up, like you got to understand, like it's, it's literally, in my opinion, a, a P and L conversation, a profit and loss sheet conversation. So it's not
0: figurative. It's literal. Yes. It's literal. Yeah. Literal. Oh no, please go ahead. No, that's fine. Anyway, the point is, I'm awesome and you're not. Uh, A couple more of your comments. Don't forget, coming up in six minutes, uh, we talk NFL QBs. Get ready to answer the question, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Because I don't know who that is. I do not. And Deshaun Watson's back at practice. We'll talk about all that coming up in five minutes on Football at 50. Uh, Lord Radon says, I can play that game. Notre Dame could have lost to Navy. Okay, we can play that game. The only problem is they didn't lose to Navy. The only problem is they did beat Clemson. They did beat Syracuse. They did beat BYU. They If they had beaten Marshall and Stanford, they would have wins over ranked opponents at BYU, Syracuse, and Clemson. And then if they beat USC, they'd have ranked w- w- wins over four ranked teams. Dude, they'd be in the college football playoff. 100%. 100%. <laughs> but you flipping lost to Marshall and Stanford. How did you how did you lose to <coughs> Stanford? Sta- They're terrible. Stanford sucks, bro. They've like, got, they got like, like three so fans. They're so bad. That Stanford is so bad. Yeah. How did Notre Dame find a way to lose to Stanford? Somebody, Are you out of your goddamn me. mind? Because I, I honestly, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I it is so mind numbing that all eighty one of you have not hit the like button on this show yet. I don't even know how to explain that. But even more <laughs> mind numbing.
3: That was well done.
0: But even more mind numbing is, literally, Stanford beat Notre Dame. Not figuratively. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'm being a dick now. Yeah. Uh, Mike Maple. Whoa, what ass? What else is no fat ass? Uh, Mike Maple says, Notre Dame can make decisions for themselves.
2: <laughs>
0: oh I don't know what... I I, I slept well again. Um, <laughs> no way they give up that power joining anybody. I could. There's just no reason for them to join a conference. Kurt Meyer says, Notre Dame will not join the Big Ten until Michigan leaves the conference. Bad blood. Oh, no, I think... Anybody that thinks Notre Dame and Michigan shouldn't play every year is not a college football fan. Better rivalry, USC, UCLA, or Notre Dame, Michigan. Yeah, I agree. It's Notre Dame, Michigan. I mean, there's not there's nothing to even talk about there. Nothing. Uh Lord Radon, they did uh list TK Marshall and Stanford. You're living with if. They did lose to, I think is what you
3: meant to. Yeah. But, they, but isn't it the whole concept of the AP top 25, yes. the college football playoff rankings? Like, that's yes. what we do in college football. Yes. It's asinine in my opinion, look but at, it's
0: what we do. Look at Boyd Lake, Mar frigging Scholl. Yeah, exact, you know what I mean? Lost, like, he,
3: come, come on, him. dude. You lo- no,
0: nobody loses to Stanford at football okay, anymore. <laughs> nobody loses. Bryce oh, Love wait. has
3: been gone, bro.
0: Excuse they me, I'm sorry. They don't have anybody. Christian McCaffrey ain't running through that door anytime exactly. soon. My point is... Nobody loses to Stanford. Well, Notre Dame. Sex me. How do you. I swear to God, if, if Notre Dame beats USC, I will strangle, uh, I will find a stray cat and. Come on,
2: fucking. Uh oh, uh, down hell. Oh. Uh,
0: feed it milk. I will. I just, it's so frustrating. By the way, real quick. Yeah. My dog legit has COVID. My dog.
3: How? Dude, how does this even happen? It's you. We, you know how it happened, yeah, right? But they don't know how it happened. You gave us
0: COVID. We gave the it to coronavirus. the coronavirus. Now, by the way, I've never tested positive for the COVID. So I
3: said,
4: yeah,
0: is what it is. But so my dog has been struggling. He's 13 years old. He's a great dog. A yeah, damn good dog. He's been struggling, and he has a heart murmur. And we were we thought that's what it was. We called our regular vet, and they were like, no, nothing we can do. But my wife has been using this theory that he has the cocoa. An antibody cocktail. It's So she found a story <laughs> online about a study, a national study about human transmission of cocoa to animals.
4: Yeah, I've been immunized. She
0: calls a number, a vet answers, and you're like, well, hey, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, a vet in Cottonwood Heights that participates in this national study. Let me see if I can get you in. Hey, guys. The vet calls back ten minutes later. It's like, yeah, if you can be there by five o'clock, they'll they'll test your dog. My wife hops in the jeep, takes the dog to the vet in Cottonwood Heights, and the vet's like, hey, by the way, did you know that he has a heart murmur that is right now uh, four out of five is in terms of seriousness?
2: I was uh,
0: like, Whoa! What? What
3: the fuck are you talking about? Like
0: it, yeah. So this heart murmur that my regular vet says is no big deal. Turns out is four out of five on a on a serious level, and he needs to be taking a much more uh, serious regimen of medication. Yeah. And they tested him for the cocoa, and this this vet that's involved in the national dog cocoa thing. Yeah, dog it's like, cocoa. It's like, yeah, your dog exhibits all the signs of having cocoa. It's like, come on, man. Come on, man. But it was only 35 bucks, by the way. Yeah. So it was worth it. It, it was worth it. Uh, Tim uh, Miller says, go Thundering Herd. How do I ban people on here real quick? Can you, Thundering Herd, ban all, th- I don't know how to do that. Go go Irish. Good to see you, Tim. I appreciate it. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, Eric and Raleigh says, Notre Dame is a classic case of playing to the level of your opponent. Yep, exactly right. Uh, Ruff's official. Good to see you. UCLA can't even fill half of the Rose Bowl. I would agree with that. Uh, Joey Zay, Z-A, Z-E-A-Y, Joey, Joe Zay, Joe Zay, okay. Uh, Rose Bowl seats 100,000 plus though. So why are you playing there?
3: Yeah. Why are you making yourself look small? And
0: then Mrs. Monty texts me and says, oh my God, Rhino is a little better today. Yeah, my dog that has a cocoa is Rhino. I was holding him this morning before you showed up at the crib. I got, I got walked downstairs. Jake usually walks through my front door at 430, mm. uh, like four, four 20. Yeah, right. He said 430. Yeah. AM, uh, dude, I woke up at three 40 today and was just like, ding, wide awake. Like, okay. Um, went downstairs at four 20 and like picked up my dog and he seemed better today and he seemed better today. So, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Provo Cougar fan says, Stanford did beat Colgate. Bad Arizona State team. Thanks. That doesn't make me feel better. (laughs) So, you're saying Colgate's better than Notre Dame. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Let's see. Nobody loses to Kansas, Brian says. Oh, wait. Nobody. Nobody loses. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Rock Chalk. How do you not even know how to say? Oh,
3: my God. Okay, so we
0: are hiring a new ho, a co host. A Tanner, new ho. Your day has come. A new ho. We're hiring a new ho host. <laughs> we should just do football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. Uh, vibe with me, yo. It's back. Let's go. It's back. Uh, football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on The Monty Show, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the app. Do what our guy Teddy Wayman did last night. Oh. Teddy, if you don't follow me on Twitter, by the way, the Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty Show is where you find me on the old tweet machine. Go and look at Teddy Wayman's pizza picture because it's spectacular. Oh, my goodness. Papa Murphy's, the best part is you order it at 9 a.m. They'll have it waiting for you at 5 p.m., and you can do that right on the app. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. Um, all right, let's talk NFL quarterbacks because there's a couple of interesting stories. Number one, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun. Deshaun King of all massages. That's right. Um Deshaun Watson's back at uh Cleveland Browns practice. He is taking the uh first team reps. He will not be eligible for two more weeks until they travel to Houston to take on his former team, the Texans. Are
3: you okay that he's back at practice early? No. Not at all. Not in You're mood, not. Not in the mood for Deshaun Watson drama. Not in the mood to see Buddy have a bunch of success in the back half of the schedule.
0: So we have a neighbor, and he's that guy. Like he's got this antenna for like his ham radio thing, <laughs> and it's a big antenna. It, okay.
3: It was there was an evolution of this antenna though. The thing started out as a little stick in the ground. Then we roll up one day, and it's like 20 feet in the air. Then the next day, he's got a fence around it. A barrier. A, 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 a barrier so that the HOA doesn't come and take it down.
0: So we come home yesterday to my place because I drive every day because, well, I'm a stud. Well, oh, you're um, just a terrible passenger, but you know, it's fine. I drive every day, right. and so we come home. We park in the garage, and the antenna's gone, and Jake's like, Oh, look, buddy, took down his antenna. <laughs> The fact that you call everybody buddy is amazing. I don't think Deshaun Watson should be practicing. I think it puts him back in the national it's spotlight. Not a
3: suspension, dude. You should not be back at the facility until what week is it? 13. week
0: 13. Like, come yep. on, man. Uh, Kyler Murray says he's getting closer to a return, but he is not cleared in concussion protocols. Uh, by the way, Matt Stafford's not cleared either, but it looks like he will be. Should the Cardinals start Kyler Murray when he returns? I maintain, we've talked about this all week. You have no choice. And I understand Colt McCoy is everybody's favorite quarterback, just like every other backup quarterback in the NFL. Right. Colt McCoy is not a number one. Kyler Murray has the potential to be a number one, but he's a brat and he doesn't prepare. You have a massive financial commitment to him you're going to start kyler murray
3: yeah i think you have to i yeah because of the money because of the situation because of the fact that you committed to him long term i i I think that it's ridiculous that in inside of one season inside of the first five weeks of the season everyone's like oh it's a cliff kingsbury problem now we're heading into week 11 or week 12 or whatever it is now and now it's very clear that it's not a kingsbury problem that it's actually a kyler problem it's
0: funny what happens when the coach sends in the play and the quarterback actually runs the play the coach sent in
3: well well well
0: kyler murray has freely admitted he is not running the
3: plays that Cliff
0: Kingsbury sends into the game. By the way, you're
3: not good enough not to to run the play the coach sends in because you're not a Super Bowl winner. You're not that guy yet.
0: You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Uh, Football at 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTE25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Jameis Winston benched. Fire crotch, Andy Dalton. Yeah,
3: the Red Rocket.
0: Uh, He gets the start. You like this decision?
3: Yeah, I think Jameis Winston is forever an average quarterback. He turns the ball over too much. Uh, You want to talk about not preparing? Like, he never really seems prepared, which is why I think he turns the ball over so much. You look at his last year in Tampa, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Like, that should tell you, hey, this guy gets lucky a lot, and that's a problem. Yeah, famous Jameis.
0: Uh, Well, then the question question. Clearly is who's the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think this is a really difficult question to answer. I would have told you up until whatever that was last week that Josh Allen did, that Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. But friends, I'm here to tell you the sex machine known as Justin stop is not the best quarterback in the NFL either. Uh, I still think it's Patty Ice. Pat Mahomes, I think, is the best quarterback currently in the NFL. I think Tommy. Tommy. I think... I still maintain that Aaron Rodgers, who plays tonight and in, in is going to be Tennessee, I think that a-Rod, Tommy, that era of quarterback is just has slipped down a notch, right? I think Patrick Mahomes might be the only quarterback who can carry his entire football team on his back and win games for them.
3: Hundred percent agree, dude. Hundred percent.
0: I don't even know who else would be in the conversation. Josh Allen, that performance. It was so incredibly disappointing last week. I don't even know how to explain it. His hero ball mentality, until that goes away, I don't think that the Bills are truly a Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender. Um, but I also look at the younger generation of quarterback. I think Justin Herbert is yeah, that close to being an elite quarterback. He's not yet. I think Justin Herbert, if he makes a little tweak in his mentality and he gets a little bit better play calling... I think Justin Herbert could be the best quarterback in the NFL like next year. Yeah, he's but got he's
3: all not the yet. talent. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's all not the talent. He's got all the mental ability. Just have to keep working on
0: it. Yeah, I agree. We'll talk uh, Bo Nix in three minutes on the Monty Show. Uh a. a. Ron had a great game last week, but you know what, Ruffs? I think Aaron Rodgers is completely overrated. I think he's been overrated. They blamed Fathead McCarthy for the struggles in Green Bay. Well, look, they fired Fatass, and now guess what? They're still struggling in Green Bay. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers believes, as he should, Aaron Rodgers believes he's the best quarterback ever, and he's just not. He's not a guy that you can believe. You can believe in. Yeah. He just isn't. M. Alvarez says Taysom Hill is the best QB in the NFL. Taters, tatery, Absolutely, the, the taysom-a-tor. taysomator. Let's go. Yeah. Taysom Hill is the best quarterback, not playing quarterback in the NFL. Yeah,
3: nice tight end.
0: Totally agree about that. Kurt Meyer says, what about the man, Taysom Hill?
3: Yeah, like I said, nice tight end.
0: Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, Taysom Hill is uh, is the answer in no, LOL. Teddy Wayman, uh, the best pizza chef in the world. Good morning. Uh, Justin Salas says, Colt McCoy is still in the NFL. Guy is old enough to be my dad. Yeah, he's your daddy. Yeah. Okay, that feels awkward. Uh, Justin also says, is Patrick Mahomes... It's Patrick Mahomes is the best QB in the league by a long shot. What he can do with his legs and his arm is crazy. Yeah, I agree. The real MVP is Pat Mahomes' bath bombs. Okay. Wow. Uh, baby Head Kyler needs a few more film sessions. LOL, Baby head Kyler. Love it. Uh, Mike Maples Rodgers is the best except against the Niners. He's not. Or Tom Brady. Or any other quarterback when you're playing in the NFC Championship game. He's just not. And by the way, he's a terrible boyfriend. And his family hates him still. So yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about. Here on the Monty Show, Football at 50 is presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa
1: Murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza. Step one, carefully knead dough. Step two, artfully spread sauce. Step three, add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step four, realize we already did all that for you. So all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the Hog Heaven Pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza.
0: Yep, use the promo code MONTI25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. It's 7 o'clock on The Monty Show. As always, we are presented by The Advocates, Utahadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. You ought to follow them on Instagram, just the advocates, because I think they they do so much education, which is one of the main reasons I love being partnered with the advocates, because they educate their community on things like social security. Do you understand that when you're eligible for, for SSI, social security, it's not any longer, hey, let me just fill out this form and I'll get social security. It's a fight to get the money that you deserve and that's why you need the advocates because the advocates have uh, you know attorneys on staff that are experts at making sure you get every penny in social security that you're due. That's why you can trust them. And we always talk about the advocates. Yes, if you get in an accident, you should call the advocates. Absolutely, if you trip and fall in a grocery store, call the advocates. If somebody hits you because they were texting and driving, call the advocates. Because you and I both know your insurance company is not gonna fight for you. They're gonna fight against you to give you as least the least amount of comp that it, that is possible, but you deserve the most amount of money when you get into an accident, that's who the advocates are, they're gonna fight for you. So whether it's social security, an accident, whether it is workman's comp, you got hurt at work, they do that too. Check them out online, at the, uh, the advocates are at utahadvocates.com and I love the little feature they have on their website. You can chat with them live, and it doesn't cost you anything because they don't charge you for consultations. They don't charge you, you know, hey, we're going to have to get a million-dollar retainer. That's yeah. not how the advocates work. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case at UtahAdvocates.com. All right, let's talk Utah Utes football on the program. The program. On the program. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Coach Saban. Uh, on the pro- By the way, Jake <clears> – <throat> And if you don't know this, Jake used to say program. Well, man, that Utah Ute football program. And then he heard Nick Saban say program. Yeah. And so all of a sudden. Yeah. Jake will only say program. Yeah. The Utah Utes program.
3: Yeah. That's a a, fine television. uh,
0: That's a fine television program.
3: Yeah. It's a great program
0: up on the Hill. You know. Anyway, uh, speaking of up on the Hill, uh, they've got a huge game. (laughs) The Utes have a huge game. Uh, with Oregon this weekend. And it is likely to decide who's going to play for the, the championship of the Pac-12 program. I mean, conference. Right. Um, the Ducks are still a three-point favorite. But now we know that there's a real good chance that Bo Nix is not going to play.
4: They both are two good, great quarterbacks. Uh,
1: obviously, Bo is down, so we got this next man up. But, you know, you got to come They going to go in like, you know, like they bear number four, and we, we
4: all trust them. We trust both of them.
0: I'm sorry, you said what now? Did you say Bo Nix is down? They both
4: are two good, great quarterbacks. Uh,
1: obviously, Bo is down, so we got this the next man up. But, you know, you got to come They going to go in like, you know, like they bear number four, and we, we
4: all trust them. We trust both of them.
0: Bo Nix is down yeah you said Bo Nix is down well it turns out that uh yeah the boys in Vegas believe that Bo Nix is down and that's why the Utah Utes are a one and a half point favorite at 62 and a half. yeah dude this is a huge moment in time that's a receiver at Oregon saying yeah well Bo Nix is down so now uh other guys got to step they both off. are
4: two good great quarterbacks
0: uh Obviously, Bo is down. So, you got obviously, Bo is down. Wild. Wow. Now, to his credit, Kyle Winningham has been saying, "Hey, we're going to prepare for Bo Nix because we're going to assume Bo Nix is going to play." Yeah. You know, the Heisman Trophy candidate, the you know, you know, the guy that's on every watch list for the best players in college football, Bo Nix, one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the country as a runner, he is an absolute lethal force. Well, he took a helmet to the thigh-knee range last week against Washington, and he was not at all capable after that. I don't care who you bring in. It just doesn't matter to me. It's not going to be Bo Nix. Utah's going to dominate that game. And if Bo Nix plays, it makes you think now that he's going to be limited. Mm -hmm. This is a massive opportunity for Utah. Jake, I think now it becomes unacceptable to lose this game especially if Bonix doesn't play.
3: Yeah, and I think it's the break you've been looking for if you're Utah. I mean, for so for so many weeks it feels like, you know, for this Utah program that uh, you know, they can't get a they can't get a break. They can't get that that lucky, you know, break that really gives them the 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 edge over the competition and this is clearly what that is. This is hey, a Heisman trophy candidate is not going to be playing in this football game. And to me, uh, it's everything you could ask for. And and I, there's a little part of me that still says, you know, saying that we expect them to win this game is strong. But I have to say, if Bo Nix isn't going to play, I would expect them to win this game. Like, I would expect the Utah defense to dominate. I would expect a turnover in this game for the Utah defense. I would, you know, like, I would expect them to come out and really... Get after it, you know. I I could see a scenario where whoever they decide to play instead of Bo Nix is is going to turn it over. Like I can see that. And if you can get a turnover in this game, you really should be able to control this game. So it's. I mean, I I don't know. My question for 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 Chris Houston, who that's who that guy that's is,
0: that wide receiver
3: <laughs> at Oregon. My question for Chris is. Was that a slip of the tongue, or what is the deal? Oh, I don't think like, it's a slip of the tongue at all.
0: I think this is a kid that just answered a question honestly about his quarterback. They both
3: are
4: two
2: good, great quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, Bo is down, so you gotta, it's the next man up.
0: Obviously, Bo is down. It is next man up. I think this, not we're going to see if he can play. No, and, and like, Coach Lanning, the head coach at uh, Oregon, said, yeah, you know, we're we're, you know, I would expect Bo to play, you know, but we're preparing, you know, there are guys behind him if Bo's not capable of going. And I think he's, the coach is saying and doing all the right things, but you look at his receiver saying, Hey, Bo is down. It's next man up. Bo Nix is not likely to play in this game. In my opinion. Yeah. I think again, I think Kyle Whittingham's exactly right. I think you have to prepare that Bo Nix is going to play. Yeah. But boy, this is a huge moment in time for the Utes because you feel like Without Bo Nix, Utah is going to win this game. You would feel like they're going to beat Colorado because nobody loses to Stanford, right? Uh And nobody's losing to Colorado this year. I mean, isn't the door wide open for the Utes to play for another Pac-12 championship?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this is, like, think about the program over, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the program over the last couple of years. Think about it. Like, all the adversity that Witt and the boys have had to deal with. It's nice that we get to say, hey, yeah, you're going up to, uh, you know, to play at Austin, and you're, you, you know, Bo Nix isn't playing. Like, that is huge, man. Like, this could, this could, and I'm not trying to exaggerate, I'm not trying to blow this out of proportion, but think about it. You go and win this game, and let's say they win it, win it handily right? Mm-hmm. Cuz people are going to say, "Oh, well, Bonix didn't play, so they should have won the game." Like people are definitely going to say that. Yes. But if you control this game and you win 35-21, let's say. Like let's just say you kick the hell out of Oregon, right? That then should catapult you into the college football playoff scene. Like that should put you in a great position to actually get in. You know what I mean?
0: I think it's going to be a- unbelievable. And now I think this puts a hell of a lot more pressure on USC. Because I think I think, you look at that the, the USC-UCLA game, and this is what I've been telling you about USC-UCLA. You look at that game, and you start to understand now that that game has real value of it, to it, especially in the Pac-12. And, and you look at, like, Oregon State has no chance of competing for the Pac-12 championship, right? You look at um, Utah-Oregon, massive game. You look at... The rest of of what is going on in the Pac-12, it, it comes down to USC and UCLA, and I'm looking for the line. USC is now only a two and a half point favorite. The number is 76. Saturday, 6 p.m. on Fox in Westwood at, or excuse me, in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Eight and two UCLA, nine and one USC. I mean, this is what this is what we all play for because UCLA now. With, you know, with, with those two losses that UCLA has losing to Arizona, man, is that not the biggest kick of the balls you'll ever see yeah. when you're UCLA, you lose to Arizona and then Bo Nix gets hurt against Washington mm-hmm. and you've probably played your way out of a PAC 12 championship final. I mean, it's unbelievable, man. Yep. And now that's not to say that UCLA is for surely going to lose to USC. Cause I don't think it's for sure at all. But I look at I look at the injuries that USC is dealing with, and you just start asking yourself, how, how much depth does USC really have? It's year one of Lincoln Riley. I think the die leg injury—he's out for the year. I think it's just tragic if you're a USC fan, yep, because he was having a huge year. But I mean, you've missed—you've missed so much of Jordan Addison. You've missed all of these guys, and and. You at some point you run out of gas, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you run into a UCLA team that's got Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's just still one of the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Yeah, he's gifted for sure. He's gifted. I mean, I think that game is that game is massively compelling.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I I think that this is these are the weeks in college football where you can get excited. You know, where where you can feel like all right, we have really good matchups this week, and I think that. You know, I, I, I Utah's got to win this game. You know, if UCLA wants to be the legit, they'll beat USC. You know, and, and and it's a very simple. You know, as I always say about the NBA, it's a make or miss league. You're either going to win or you're going to lose, and that's going to define your season. And and this Bo Nix thing, that him being out, like you look at, yeah. you look at, like you just said, like because it's Lincoln Riley's first year in the pack and with USC, like you know, the depth probably isn't there to where it will be three, four years from now. So it'll be really curious like this is where where your you know season gets defined when when people think back on Lincoln Riley's first year they will remember the Utah loss they will remember the UCLA loss if they lose to UCLA right like those are the things you will remember so to me I just think that these type of weekends are what I always talk about when when we get into the conversation about me not being a college football guy like these are the bigger games that you really should watch because they're going to be great games
0: yeah i think it's also interesting what dtr said about usc by the way dorian thompson robinson who's like a 17th year senior at ucla right he's been playing his whole life there he straight up said yesterday i hate usc uh-huh and it started a conversation and one of my good friends who is a usc alum Uh. Uh-huh. Has said he hates UCLA. Right. <clears throat> but you have, what, 30, 40 transfers on that USC roster? Mm-hmm. Do those guys really hate UCLA? I don't, does Caleb Williams really hate UCLA? I mean, he, what has he got invested in this in the USC-UCLA game?
3: I don't think he's got anything invested in either program. I think he's invested Pro, in Lincoln Riley. I'm sorry, Hiley. in either program. Thank you. My bad. Sorry, I I don't think, and again I
0: I could be I could be totally wrong about this. I don't think there is a fire for USC to win this game the way there is for UCLA. And I understand that USC has had struggles and that USC has had to battle and fight for just about every win the last month this season. I mean, you you outside of Colorado, who they beat into the ground, yeah, handily. But you look at Cal forty-one thirty-five. Arizona 45-37, losing, obviously, 43-42 to the Utes, 30-14 at Washington State, 42-25 to Arizona State. They, they beat Oregon 17-14. Like, they've had some real battles on their hands the last, probably, month. Yeah. And it's interesting that when I look at UCLA, they're the complete opposite. UCLA, if you look at... Now, South Alabama, okay, that was a letdown game, right? But you look at Colorado, 45-17. 42-32, they beat the Utes, right? They somehow lost to Oregon, 45-30. to <laughs> Stanford,
1: 38-13.
0: 50-36, they beat Arizona State. And, and then inexplicably, inexplicably in the Rose Bowl, they lose to Arizona yeah at home they lose to arizona i i, st- I it's just usable dude i can't fathom it and now you've got usc staring you right in the face i don't know which way to lean on this game i i really don't i don't know which way to go on it yeah, I, mean, I would take sc i would take. you SC. would take sc yeah
3: because i think ucla is not not here for big games that's what i think but
0: well it is chip kelly I mean,
3: I I don't know. My
0: feeling is that USC will find a way to win this game because I think Lincoln Riley wants to win the Pac-12 championship in his first year. Yes, I would agree with that. And I think, frankly, and I I believe that they've talked about this at USC, Lincoln Riley wants to win the Pac-12 championship every single year he's in the conference. Yeah. Which, by the way, is two years. Two years. So I think he wants to... I think he wants to run the table, and I think Lincoln Riley is a phenomenal motivator. Yeah, his teams will never be the best defense, the, the um the best defensive teams in the conference.
3: Yeah, well, I think that's Lincoln Riley, right? Like where it's it's a Lamborghini of an offense and a you know a terrible defense. Like you're giving up. You were going down some of those scores. And I'm like, dude, like you gave up 40 to that team. How? Like, how's it even possible? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I don't know. Um, I'm telling you, you should go with SC. Like, it, 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 like, everyone's going to say, oh, it's DTR and it's Charbonnet and it's, you know, it's Chip Kelly and an amazing offense. But I'm telling you, SC, if this is going to be a shootout, go with SC. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, we'll see.
0: I, I don't know, man. I, I, if Jordan Anderson's, you know, even a shell of himself, he's better than any defensive back at UCLA. Yeah. So, and I, and I still, look, I still maintain, um, that Travis dies a huge loss for USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a it is a huge, huge loss. Well,
3: it's funny how that works with running backs too, because like I feel like, you know, you can be you can be like this solid running back, but if the team loses you, they are able to replace you really fast. But with him, he is such a dynamic talent that you can't you can't just replace that. Like you can't replace his ability to catch it in the flat and then run after the catch, right? Like you can't yeah. replace the ability in the hole to make that cut that then gives him 10 yards like you can't there are some things intangibles with backs that you can't replace just the same way that there are things you can't replace about caleb williams and his ability as a quarterback so that's what i'm saying like to me we're sitting here talking about if 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 ucla is going to beat sc knowing full well that neither of these teams are great defenses and both of them are really dynamic offenses which to me just clearly says take SC SC is one of the best offenses in the country. Like I would take SC.
0: I think you take SC and we'll see. I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be fascinating. I think that, that I don't know why oddly, because I hate USC. Right. And I think we've talked about this on the show. Like as a Notre Dame fan, I, (laughs) it is, it is in my DNA chain to hate USC. Yeah.
3: The bane of your existence.
0: I am oddly rooting for Lincoln Riley. Why? I don't know. Because you know what? I think it's because so many people are like, "Oh, Oklahoma's better without him. What a dick." Like people were like piling on him for leaving to you you Oklahoma for USC. And now USC is going to the Big 10 and he's got he is in a far better position with USC in the Big 10 than he would have ever been in Norman with Oklahoma. Yeah. But this, the, the whole thing, and I, I don't know how many people equate this, but Oklahoma's not good. Lincoln Riley, breaking news, was actually really important to the success of Oklahoma. And it seems weird to me <laughs> that people don't want to talk about that. Yeah, Lincoln Riley was incredibly important to the success that was had at Oklahoma. Yeah. And when you look at, really, he was Bob Stoops' replacement. When you step into the shoes of Bob Stoops and you get better, there aren't many people who can do that. Obviously, you know, Ryan Day at Ohio State's one that comes to mind. But you look at Edo and, and, you know, Kelly down at LSU. I mean, there's no doubt that Brian Kelly now has been successful at LSU. Kalani? But, well... I don't think Kalani's seen success at BYU yet. I don't. I mean, I, I think there's there's a lot of people who still wonder how how hot his seat is. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any chance they're firing Kalani Sataki. It's mm-hmm. not happening. Nor should they. Right. My point is, Lincoln Riley rolled into USC in, with a program that has been excuse, da- uh, excuse me. me in a program Thank that's you. been down for a decade, and boom, just like that, forty transfers, Heisman <laughs> Trophy quarterback, and they're probably the odds-on favorite in this conference, probably to go to the to go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, probably.
3: Yeah, and, if and, you, and that's the power of a head coach in college football.
0: You know, and and, and I don't no, know. You why. know what it is, it, and this is my one criticism that I have always had about Kyle Winningham. It's the power of a head coach that invests heavily in a star quarterback. Because it, whether you wanna admit it or not, college football, much like the NFL, is a quarterback-driven league. Yeah. And Kyle Whittingham has, in my opinion, never really invested in the quarterback position. And you're seeing it now because of how unbelievably impactful Cam Rising has been in the last year and a half. You're seeing that now, mm-hmm. but for how long have you fans been thirsty, wandering the desert looking for a quarterback? What it's been,
3: Travis Wilson didn't get it, it done for you? It's been, but,
0: but, dude, you joke. It's been too long, and I understand. Listen, Tyler Huntley was a good quarterback. I, I totally get it. But you look at what Lincoln Riley's done at USC. Yeah bringing in Caleb Williams, bringing in Travis Dye, like leveraging the transfer portal, leveraging NIL. Y'all feel me? It's the blueprint for succeeding in modern era college football. Yeah. And if you compare what guys like Kyle Whittingham and Chaboy, Chaboy. Nick Saban. Yeah, program. Have those guys heavily invested in the transfer portal? No, yeah. they haven't.
1: Uh, have those
0: guys heavily invested in NIL? No, they haven't. Has USC? Yes. Yes. Has USC brought in 40 transfers? Yes.
2: Catch me outside. How about that?
0: Have they invested in all of the skill positions offensively? Yes. Has it paid off? Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable. And by the way, they still lost to Utah.
3: How many times is Nick Saban going to have a Jerry Judy? Coach Saban. How many times well, is Nick Saban going to have a, a, a Will Anderson coming off the edge? Come on, dude. Like, they get it.
0: I think the, the difference is is that you at Alabama—, oh, Alabama. <laughs> At Alabama, you don't necessarily need the transfer portal because you recruited a very high level. Right. But you still need the transfer portal. Yeah. In today's world, you still need to. Where's Jaden Delora? Yeah. Where is you know? You look at Bo Nix. You look at you look around the conference. The transfer portal has had a a, a massive, game changing impact on wins and losses in the Pac-12. Yeah. There's just no other way to look well, at that.
3: I think you look at a guy in Bo Nix leaving the SEC to go to the Pac-12. Like I mean, that's a huge deal.
0: Yeah. And Modiabate is one that comes to mind. Yep. And I mean,
3: yep. You yep.
0: you have used. And and I want to make sure that you fans are like, oh, look at this fat little jerk. What a chunky mother effer. Wow, Dave. Wow. All I'm saying is, is that Kyle Whittingham, and I think he's openly talked about it. Yeah. Kyle Whittingham has either not embraced it or doesn't have the infrastructure to be a prolific NIL institution <laughs> or program. <laughs> and I don't understand why not. Because you look but you're looking at Cam rising. Isn't he a, isn't he an America first guy?
3: I believe He's doing so? those commercials for America I First. I say he's got Toyota, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he did a well, deal with Toyota. But didn't we just get a new spot for the Utah Grizzlies yeah. for, for
0: America First Credit Union? Yeah. And I want to say that Cam Rising's the star of that commercial. Like, Cam is actually doing it now. And, again, as much as Witt has not leveraged the transfer portal, right. I mean, he's been dominant in the junior college level. Right, and we can go back to guys like Kalen Clay, or I mean, defensively all over the place. Like, I get it. You you look at Quitter quarterback, noodle arm quarterback last year from Baylor. So listen, there are instances of it. Lincoln Riley rewrote the playbook on the transfer portal in NIL when he got to USC.
3: Yeah, the difference between Lincoln all I'm Riley saying. and Kyle Whittingham is that Lincoln Riley is able to take these guys and turn them into five stars pretty quick. That, yeah, that's all like, I'm saying. Like man, I, he's not taking safeties and making them quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Witt's doing a bad job. I'm I, none of that.
3: But there's all, a clear difference.
0: Yeah, all I'm simply saying is I think there is there is some um, there is some work to maybe that's how you say it there's some work to be
3: done but listen listen i, I agree with that 100 but the thing is this is a philosophical thing like i hope we all understand this like do not expect kyle whittingham next season or, or you know even really before he leaves the position to be some prolific nil recruiter coach right like that's not who wit is wit is someone who wants to recruit organically build the relationship and tell a story about developing you and turning you into an NFL guy. Like that's the story he's going to tell. He
0: wants to take chase Hansen and make him a linebacker. Yes,
3: exactly. Like, Like, Like that's what he wants to do. And to me, times are changing i get it people don't like like people want to sit up on a dais and talk about how you know that that you know jimbo paid for his entire roster and jimbo you know like i i get it like people are uncomfortable paying college football players to come into their programs but what i'm telling you (laughs) is that this is just like anything else i'm not gonna write a check to buddy to come play for me i'm gonna write a check (laughs) To the Toyota dealership, who's gonna pay buddy, who's then gonna come and play for me. And if you don't understand that, you're not gonna be successful in college football. Yeah.
0: I don't I don't disagree with that. I I, I really don't. I just think that everybody here should hit the like button. I do. I think that if all hundred and- And no, you're hundred- not gonna
3: get an NIL deal to hit the like button. Yeah. So don't
0: talk to me about it. Jerky. Yeah. If you would all what hit the like ass. button, you know, we would be able yeah. to take somebody to the Utah Jazz game who we're gonna talk about in four minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, we would be able to take somebody to the Jazz game if we get to nine thousand likes, uh, nine thousand subs. Yeah, subs. Uh, by the end of the year. And by
3: the way, you guys have been doing a fantastic yeah, job.
0: Yeah. By the end of the year, all all we're asking for is nine thousand subs, and we will take you plus one, uh, to watch the uh, Utah Jazz take on Donnie. Donnie. Hey, Donnie. The Donster. Donnie and the Cleveland Cavaliers on January tenth. We will uh, take you there in a black car. And we will buy you your own Utah Jazz jersey, whether it's custom or if you would like to get one from the team store, let's do all it. Right, please. But we are happy. We are absolutely happy uh, to do that. All you have to do is uh, hit subscribe, be subscribed to this channel, and uh, we'll hook it up. Um, we have picked up 11 subs already today. We appreciate that. So please do hit the like button right now, all 111 of you who are here. Uh, we'll talk Utah Jazz in the NBA. Coming up in four minutes, Provo Cougar fan says, UCLA, fight, 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 These go Bruins! Stars. Nobody says that. Okay. Uh, Geoff Johnson, <laughs> good to see you, Jeff. He says, wow, Notre Dame fans hate pretty much everyone. Everyone. Yeah. I hate... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim uh, Miller says, uh, AZ to the Big 12. Arizona, Arizona State. Excuse Utah. me, it's U Arizona. Oh, excuse me. Uh U Arizona. Arizona State, Forks down. Nice program. Uh, nice program. Glad to see Harm's
3: um, back on ESPN already. Y- yeah, how about that? Herm Edwards
0: fired. Scandal. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Aspen will hire him. Um, the f- is that guy? But then, of course, Utah and Colorado. Don't take Nobody <laughs> Colorado. Nobody wants Colorado. Nobody wants Colorado. Nobody wants Colorado. You want legal weed? Ingest it through Colorado. If you want to win football games, don't take Colorado. Take San, I'm begging you to take San Diego State. Uh, M. Morris says, "Who has USC beat?" That is good, honest question. Uh, I there we well, go. I look at I look at their schedule and I ask the same question. Yeah. Um, because they don't have a win over a ranked team. Um, even though I think obviously the Utah game was unbelievable, but you lost 43 But this
3: is this okay. This is the essence of college football, though. Like it is. USC is one of those programs, much like Ohio State, that just gets the benefit of the doubt because they're USC. And there's no way to explain it. There's no way to be like, oh, yeah, like, here is why Ohio State, who plays absolutely nobody and is absolutely, you know, not justified, gets in every single year.
0: if, 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 if USC runs the table... And their one loss is to a 20th ranked Utah team, but they've got two quality wins over a ranked UCLA team and a ranked Notre Dame team. Whether you like it or not, Notre Dame still carries water in this town. Um, If you've got two wins over a ranked opponent, explain to me how that's any different than um, than a, a Big Ten Ohio State. Help yeah. me understand well, that and that's because that's
3: my point. It's the same thing, and that, that's at, what I'm saying.
0: Look at the number two and the number three schools in the college football yeah. playoff. That's look, yeah. Michigan and Ohio
3: State. Seriously, paint this picture. Ohio
0: like, State has exactly one win over a ranked team. And that would be Penn State, who is thirteen. Right, They're gonna play Maryland this week and they are gonna take them apart at the joints. Okay. You're gonna play number three Michigan. So at be, in in the best case scenario. Ohio State has three wins over a ranked opponent. Three. If you count Notre Dame, and again, Notre Dame still carries water in this town. They were fifth in the country Definitely, when Ohio State beat them. Definitely. So that would be three wins over ranked opponents if, if Ohio State wins the Michigan game.
3: Is that at the shoe or at the big house?
0: That is at the uh, shoe. Yeah, that's wow. in See, Columbus. So,
3: like, I I feel so like you
0: would expect you Ohio would expect State them to, win. to win
3: that game. I feel like you would get more credit if you were going to the big house and you won that game.
0: And then there's Michigan. Yeah. Michigan. Yeah, who has one win over a ranked opponent, just like <coughs> Ohio State. Yep, and that
3: win in conference is Penn State. But somehow, even though it's the same thing on the schedule, the Ohio State gets way more credit. You got to pause longer than that. But my point is,
0: Ohio State will have 3 wins over a ranked opponent, Michigan. It, let's say Michigan somehow beats Ohio State. Michigan will have 2 wins over a ranked opponent. And they're the second and third teams in the country. So let's not sit here and pretend you got to have all oh, 5 wins over a ranked opponent rectally speaking, that's how you get in. It's internal. Cuz let's just be honest, <laughs> wins over a ranked opponent have almost nothing to do with who gets in. It's really just Because if we're being really honest, and if you really want to raise the dickometer, I'm sorry, the dickometer. What is that?
3: It's ridiculous.
0: If you really want to get into what's justified and what's not, I'm gonna go and look at at the Georgia Bulldogs. And at their best, if they run the table, they'll have three wins over a ranked opponent. Is that really that impressive? It is, yeah.
2: if I say it
1: is. Okay,
0: now, if Oregon loses, right. If Oregon loses to to Utah, right. Is Oregon really that impressive of a win? Because, again, not to go backward, you took Oregon apart at the joints, bro. Um, you ripped them limb from limb. Yeah. You separated their upper arm and their lower that, arm but, but from but their this cavity. Is, but this, is, this
3: is what people say oh, well, that was week one, and that was, you know, the beginning of the season. And... But who
0: else has, has Georgia played? If. And let's be honest, forget the ranked opponent thing. Who else has Georgia played? Oregon, Samford, South Carolina, Carolina, Kent State, Missouri, Auburn, Vandy, Florida, number one, Tennessee. That's a huge win. That's a good a win. win. A good win. You, cannot, you cannot take the shine off of that. Yeah. Mississippi State, they'll play at Kentucky versus Georgia Tech versus LSU in Athens. Number six, LSU currently. That'd be a good win. That'd be a good win. But is that resume really that much better
3: than Ohio State's? And that's what I'm saying. Come on. This is, so when everyone's like, oh, why are you a red ass about college football? Why do you not like college football? I don't like how we measure teams in college football. I don't. I We should be able to say, hey, it should be Georgia. It should be Tennessee. And, it, and then those last two teams remain to be seen.
0: But isn't this why Alabama's out? Because they've got two losses. They've split their two and two against their ranked yeah, opponents. Yeah,
3: Alabama doesn't feel like they're a good team by college football right? playoff but standards.
0: If, but if I look at Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee's biggest game was Georgia. They lost it. But they've also beat a ranked Kentucky team, a ranked Alabama team, a ranked LSU team, a ranked Florida team, and a ranked Pitt team. <coughs> and yet... <laughs> Tennessee's on the outside looking in, and Ohio State and Michigan are in. Somehow.
1: Somehow. How, is it,
0: how is that possible? That's, that's what I'm saying. Tennessee, that's my rub with the college football playoff dude, right there. Tennessee going
3: to be one of the four teams.
0: They have to be. And, and I'm telling you, again, I could sit here and talk college football all day. I love it. I love it. By the way, no, I'm not getting into the college football playoff expansion. It should be 169 teams. <laughs> I don't – it should that's
3: be – It it should be sixteen teams. I want Alabama versus a JUCO team. I want
0: Alabama versus (laughs) Utah Tech. I want. I want (laughs) I want Alabama versus the University of Amazon Warehouse Union. Yeah. Like I that's I want like I want the best teams in the country. Gonzaga. It's not a football program. Okay, a couple of more. Uh Dang Trojan says, good morning, preseason Pac-12 favorites. Okay. Uh San Diego State says, folks, I uh the Bayou call Lou Sabin, Lil Nikki. Facts. Lil Nikki. Okay. Lil Nikki. <laughs> what? Dang Trojan says Utah uh were the preseason favorites, but had two losses before November. USC game with the uh Utah's Super Bowl well no it wasn't Utah Super Bowl I don't
2: know what you're talking about look at
0: arrogant a-hole USC fan that's not Utah Super Bowl Oregon's a far bigger game than the USC game was
3: it's ridiculous
0: oh fight on
3: fight on my ass go to the Rose
0: Bowl then talk your junk yeah go Irish uh San Diego State says folks in the bayou call Lou Saban Lil Nicky facts uh, Boyd Lake says, it's the one thing that holds K-Witt back. He's struggle with managing offense, especially offensive coordinators and QBs. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, M. Morris says, Oregon is the top of the pack and they couldn't hang with Georgia. They couldn't totally hang agree.
3: with Georgia. They didn't get off the bus.
0: Yep. Eric and Rowley says, you pay Papa Murphy's to pay a player in an L Well, no. Papa Murphy's pays us to pay a player.
3: It's a... Yeah, it's a different business it's proposition. Kind of, mm, see, this is different. See, this is what see you know, this is why is NIL so complicated? I don't know. Getting a guy to do an interview is different than getting buddy to come and play in your program. Excuse buddy. me, your program. Buddy. Like that's two different stages of NIL. Yeah. Buddy.
0: He's he I'm sorry, he said. I'm
3: telling you, it's one of the institute buddy into your 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 nomenclature and you will be forever <laughs> more cold blooded. It's true.
0: It's true, man. Institute, institute, buddy, into name calling. You know, what 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 did Boyd Lake
3: say about me right there?
0: Uh, Boyd Lake says Jake laughs, but we all know there are days the Alabama uh, lose to the JUCO giant killers, and that's what college football playoff is very afraid of. It is, if I say it is. I I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Cody Strickland says those are courtside seats, right? Not if you win. Um, (laughs) Wow. San Diego State says, we know the Monty Show gets the NIL deal when we hit the like button. That's right. That, you know. That's right. Support the, support the program. Support the program. Support the program. That's 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 what I'm asking yeah, for. Yeah, come on. Let's I go. don't know why. Uh, Giggity had a comment that didn't show up. It's He said, programs explain why Jake is still a version. Well. When you say program. That's an issue. You know. You know. Uh, Mike Maple says, of course, Jake doesn't know about raising the dick meter
3: Yeah. Like,
0: dude. I mean, on. Mike Maples. He also says, "Love you, Jake." Like, it is why you
3: are a virgin. Yeah. Can someone? Can someone please explain to me? Maybe we should book a conference room like UCLA does, and we can talk about the decometer. Maybe I need an educational <laughs> course on it. You know what I mean, bro? That's called health class. Yeah. Thank you.
0: All right. Time for uh, Uncle Monty's therapy sessions, otherwise known as decometer teachings. <laughs> <laughs> San Diego State says, Happy Founders Day to the bros of Omega Sci Fi Fraternity, Inc. Uh, no hazing going on there. Uh, Charles Barkey says, Cry on is more like it. They're still crying over refs. <coughs> well, <coughs> you should be crying over Clay Helton being a terribly nice human being. <laughs> yeah. Eric and Raleigh says, I'm not your buddy, pal. Exactly. Greg Hale says, I believe the top 25 is vital to help teams build resumes for the top 10. That's its purpose. I don't
3: disagree with eh, that. Yeah, I don't know. That I, I just don't have that. to. I just yeah. don't have
0: to like it. I don't have to like it. All the Utah Jazz and NBA talk on this program uh, is presented by <laughs> <laughs> is presented by Triday Trading, com slash Monty. You know, it's interesting. Again, another DM conversation about, oh, does Day Trading really offer? Like, have I ever steered you guys wrong? Nope. Have I ever said, hey, come see us at at you know Super Chicks on Saturday on Riverdale Road in Ogden and we'll give you free food. You can ma- mark it down, your food's gonna be free if you're one of the first 100 people there Saturday. Good, good, good. So when I say, hey, go here, go there, shop with these guys, I think we've done you pretty well, right? Yep. So in an economy where so many people are struggling, in an economy where so many people are trying to figure out how to pay the rent, pay their bills, pay for Thanksgiving, get their kid the Kung Kru Grip G.I. Joe. There's one solution that everybody knows works. Try day trading. You should try day trading. Do it at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. And again, the only bar that I use is how much money are we put in your pocket. If I said to you, from now, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in the next five days, if we could make you five grand, would you be interested? Well, of course you would. The question is, are you going to make five grand between now and next Wednesday when everybody goes on holiday for Thanksgiving? No, you're not. And you know why? Because you haven't gone to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. They Thanks. quite literally have people every day that went through the Tradetrading Trading program that make hundreds and thousands of dollars a day. And don't take my word for it, go to their website, watch the free webinar, because that's all I'm asking you to do, right? We don't ever ask you to spend gobs of money. And it... Don't take my word for it. Go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Watch the free webinar. It's free. It's no obligation. And then make a decision. But you're going to wind up in the same place that everybody else is. As soon as you hear them say, yeah, you can make hundreds and thousands of dollars a day. And we're gonna teach you how to day trade at a very high level. And when you're ready to start trading, you're gonna trade our money, not yours. And if you make money with our money, we're gonna give you 50% of the profit. That's how the program at Tri-Day Trading works. They're so confident that their systems, algorithms, coaching, mentoring, because you don't just show up, leave and they never talk to you again. You get mentoring and coaching at Tri-Day Trading. They're so confident their systems work that they're gonna let you trade their own money to get yourself started. So you have no risk, it's a free webinar that leads you to trading somebody else's money and all you gotta do is go to tradetradingcom slash Monty. And before I start talking NBA and jazz, just remember, every time you start a new side hustle, you're wasting your time unless it's tradetrading. Trading. We've done Amazon FBA, we've bought crates of returns, we have sold cookies, we have, we have done it all. Go in on your own, TridayTrading.com. Slash Monty, let's talk Utah Jazz basketball. Um, What do you think the expected win total of the Utah Jazz is? You've lost three in a row. You have the Phoenix Suns coming in Friday night at 7. Devin Booker and the Suns looked unbelievably hot last night. I'm for real. Sex machine. Right. Devin Booker's a guy that you're not going to be able to stop. But you can still win that game so my question is what is the expectation and what is your confidence level that this is a playoff team still today
3: yeah i'm i'm confident in this team i i think that you know it may take it may take five games to figure out what should be figured out in one game frankly but that's because they're young will hardy's young the players are young and a lot of people say oh well not the whole roster is young right but the guys that you're running out there regularly who are getting the lion's share of the minutes are relatively young, you know, outside of Mike, you've got a pretty young core here. And so to me, I look at this team and I say, Hey, yeah, I do still think they're a playoff team. I'm not going to get too high or too low on this team. And I think that it's between 40 and 45 wins where they come down. And if that's the case, you're 1000% a playoff team. And depending on win totals and how all this goes down, exactly. You may even scratch into the six seed. Maybe. Maybe if you're lucky, depending on how it all goes down. So to me, I still think they're right in the heart of the playoff picture. And to me, I don't know why people are panicking. Why are you panicking? Right? They're 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 a 10 win team. They've lost three in a row, so they're ten and six now. There's no reason to be panicking. Panic when they're sub five hundred. If this team loses five more games in a row, okay, then we can panic. Then we can start saying, okay. We're not making adjustments. We're not doing what needs to be done. We're not making that pass to the corner. We're not, we're not handling business. Then we're gonna have to have a different conversation. But to me, you've got a lot of time here. I would just stay calm, stay in the stay in your lane, like just trust that they will get it figured out. And that so that to me is what needs to happen. And and I just as a jazz fan, I would tell you like Just don't freak out. Like, Let the process play out. They will make the playoffs if Will Hardy is the coach we all think he is. So that's kind of where I think they come down.
0: I think they're a playoff team. I I don't have any doubt about that. I think my confidence lies strictly in that you are on a regular basis going to be deeper, not more talented. You're going to be deeper than your opponent you are going to be able to run out Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, Mike Conley in a guard rotation. You're going to be able to run out up in your front court guys like Olinick, Marketing. I mean, certainly Walker Kessler is a guy that I cannot wait to see grow. I think you're just going to be more talented than your competition. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how DeAndre Ayton can be asked to compete with guys like Walker Kessler and Kelly Olenek. Because I think Kelly O'Linick's physicality and... His ability to get under your skin, I think that's his best tool. He can shoot the three. He can finish at the rim. He's a 20-minute-a-night guy in my on my basketball team. But I think the other thing with DeAndre Ayton and the Suns, and the reason I expect the Jazz to win that game is, if you throw a shoulder into DeAndre Ayton, he's not going to catch the ball. Right. So I think they can be had, and that's why I would expect them to beat the Suns.
3: Yeah, and I think that beating the Suns, you know, is – is it's kind of crazy that we're sitting here saying we expect them to beat the Suns because of the physicality card. But it's the truth. I mean, the Suns are and have... It's not a secret that the Suns are soft as far as physicality and, like, you know, playing through that stuff. Like, I think yeah. the book has done a much better job over the last two seasons of becoming a tougher player and becoming a guy that wants to play through contact and understands contact. But I think as far as their team is concerned, they are a soft team. and And I think that's why this rumor about, you know, the Suns putting together a three-team deal around Jay Crowder is... It's really sad to me because the Suns need a Jay Crowder on their team. And, and and I think a lot of NBA teams need that Jay Crowder guy. But the thing for the Jazz is that I feel like they have guys that want to be physical. Like, Colin Sexton has no problem getting after it with you, you know, like they're like, I obviously Kelly O'Linick, like I think Vando likes to be physical. he has got no problem doing that. Even Kessler has no problem being physical. So like this team has no issue being physical. And I think that is where everything starts in the NBA. If you're willing to bang with guys, you're going to be a better team. And then you combine that with the pace they're able to play with. And when they're playing like on their good nights, When they make good decisions and they move the ball, they're going to get a lot of wide open looks. So to me, you're already, you know, overachieving. You're already outpacing the expectations that 9 out of 10 Jazz fans had, which has led to your building being full in your home. So that's why I say there's no reason to panic like yeah. keep watching this team enjoy the process of this team getting better and you will see they will make the playoffs they will be a 45 win team and yeah. then next year when they if if they you know trade all their guys away and make some mistakes in the off season then we can talk about panicking but i just wouldn't yeah. do that this year Yep, I agree. Greg
0: Hawkins says, sup, y'all. See, of course, you show up right when we're done talking Pac-12. Yeah, we use.
3: literally just talked Utah for Pied, like an Pied, hour.
0: Pied Piper uh, says, I've been doing the tri trading program for over a month now. It's much more complicated and harder than Monty makes it seem, but still enjoying it a lot and building a new career. I don't think that anything is a given or is easy. And Pied Piper, I'd really appreciate, hey, explain that to us. Because I think when you go through a program like tri day trading, I if you're going to succeed and it's going to be prolific, I don't necessarily believe it can be easy. Yeah, I think when you're learning a new career and you're learning how to day trade and you're learning how to leverage, you know, new systems and languages that are completely foreign to you, I think that's that's what makes it difficult. I mean, and let's see, uh, N I R T L O C J. Good luck. Uh, says, what's the catch? There is no catch.
3: Yeah, there's not a catch to it. I I think that the honest truth is like what kind of what we've been saying like like right now all all we're saying is go to trydaytrading.com slash monty because when you do that the reason we always say that is because when you do that you're going to watch the webinar and you'll just simply make a decision like hey do I feel like this is this is something I want to pursue or do I not want to pursue yep. it right and that, look at that's look at, our
0: job look at Cody Strickland's question question right those yep it, it's a it is a full-time job or is it a side gig I could do either or?
3: Well, I think that, you know, there's no question that it's going to take time to learn the language and understand the process. And like, yep. it takes time to learn how to drive a car. It takes time to learn how to pay your taxes. It and takes to, term, like,
0: like think about the things that you want to do on a side hustle. Like Amazon FBA, we've done it full-time prolifically. It takes time to yeah. learn and nobody's teaching you. Yeah. You're, so you're going to make mistakes, right? It is, Cody, it is, and I see your question, it is what you want it to be. If you want it to be a side hustle, yes. After you're done with their program, it can be a side hustle, absolutely. I've talked to people who do it as a side hustle, and I told you this, the first time I ever heard about Tri-Day Trading was somebody at Yelp, In the, there's a there's like a stock market day trader Slack channel at Yelp that I used to be part of. That's the first time I ever heard about it. And those guys that are in that group, we were all full-time sellers at Yelp, and full-time selling at Yelp is a a forty to fifty-hour gig. It's a full-time job. All those guys did it part-time. Yeah. All those guys did it, and it I can tell good you, bread doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. The three guys that I worked with at Yelp that were a went through the Tri-Day program were were pretty. They competed with me at Yelp. I mean, like I was for a long period of time, I was the number one seller in the country at Yelp. By far, I made smoke and bread at Yelp, like did really well. These guys were like fourth and fifth. Like the other guy was 10th and they're going, they're day traders on the side. Like you can do what you want to do.
3: But you have to understand, like, like you have to learn it though, right? Like it's not like, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm just going to kind of like half step in and try to do this on the side. Yeah. like don't the one thing you can't do in life and i'm a big believer in this is you can't be like oh well i can do this on the side but i'm not gonna put the time in to go through the training and and put those hours in to learn yes. what i need to learn to be successful at it like that's the thing Like. Pied Piper's comment about, hey, it's like not as easy as you guys make it out to be. Well, nothing in life is easy, but if you put the time in and learn the language and learn the tactics and techniques and everything that they're trying to teach you, then a month from now, it's going to get pretty damn easy for you. You're going to look at a screen. You're going to read what you need to read, and you're going to make a decision. Like, that's what day trading really is.
0: And I also say all the flipping time. We just had this conversation yesterday. Handle hard better. It is the Kara Lawson Duke basketball speech she gave. Handle hard better. If you're truly sick of your life and your boss and your job and do something about it. The thing that frustrates me is people like, oh, my boss is a jerk. I'm tired of this. I'm on the commute. Okay. Are you willing to do something about it? No. Okay. Well, you can complain or you can make money. You can complain or you can improve your life. You can bitch and moan that your neighbor went to Disneyland and you can't afford to pay your rent or you can do something about it. Yeah. It's not nothing in this If you if you are going to change careers, how easy do you think that's going to be? It's not going to be easy. Nor should it be. I mean, it is I don't know
3: why I don't know why we judge in this world why we judge like the success of something based on how easy it is.
0: We make decisions every day that impact our lives based on how hard or how easy something is. Am I going to do the dishes? Well, you know what? It's you know I burn the pan. I'm going to let them sit there, right? Like those are the decisions. Am I going to make my bed today? Nah, I'm just too lazy. I'm just too lazy. But you're gonna you're gonna struggle financially so that you can have a $700 car payment. You're gonna buy a Porsche in an apartment. You're gonna buy a Porsche in an apartment. I've never understood that. You're gonna buy that big ass diesel pickup truck and park it in a parking lot at your apartment. Yeah. I've never understood $1,000 car payments to go along with that apartment rent that you have. Make better decisions. Stop being the guy that doesn't wanna handle the hard issues in your life. That's what pisses me off. That's why tri-day trading, if you want something easy, Go work at McDonald's, bro. If you want something easy, go work in a factory making condoms. I don't know what to tell you because that's not easy either. Yeah. Because you know what's gonna happen? You're the guy, I guarantee it. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but tell me I'm wrong. You're the guy who's like, this job sucks, okay, I'm gonna go over here. You're gonna be there a month and you're like, this job sucks, I'm gonna go over here. You're gonna be there a month and you're gonna be like, this job sucks, this guy's a dick, my boss sucks, yeah. it's too hard, it's too busy, I don't like the drive, I don't like this, I don't like that. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're not gonna stop complaining, you're not gonna start growing. Yeah. Period, end of story. Yeah. There endeth the lesson.
3: By the way, <laughs> but on the, on these kind of decisions and these kind of conversations, what is, you know, what? You know, let's say you're 30 years old, what is 35-year-old going to think of you when you get there based on these decisions?
0: And you're going to get there. You're going to be the guy that, it. You. there's one of two ways that men work in this country. You either are going to bitch and moan and you're going to go work that job and you're going to hate every day of it. Or you're going to say, I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of struggling. So I'm going to make this big change. We did it. And I'm not just saying this to say, oh, look at me. I'm not sitting here preaching at you, telling you that you've got to put your foot in the sand and and pivot because we did it. I didn't want to work for Yelp anymore. I used to make Yelp millions of dollars a year, literally millions of dollars a year in sales, quite literally. I was tired of making somebody else millions. It's my turn now. Yeah. It is my turn to do what I'm passionate about and make money for myself. I am the one every day who decides whether we succeed or fail. That's me. I'm tired of working for somebody else. A paycheck's the drug they give you to make you forget your dreams. Yeah, man. so
3: when we called, when we had to make those calls, when we were talking about leaving our 9 to 5, when you have to make that call and actually speak like, hey, I'm moving on, that's terrifying, bro. Yeah. Like, literally, it's terrifying.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I'm just passionate about it. That's all I'm saying. Like, I just really get into it. I'm a big believer in in building the best life possible. I'm super passionate about it. Like I I love it. Look at Snuka. What did Snuka say? Uh, I'm going to sign up for day trading. I hope you do. And tell us what you think. That's why I love Pied Piper. Where's Pied Piper? Uh, Pied Piper, who's doing try day trading said, I think it's worth it because I'm working hard on a strategy that if executed properly, will get me six figures in a few years.
3: You see what I mean though? Like that's the type of thought I'm talking about. Like, Like, at least with, you know, even if you, like, even if you don't take our word for it, right? Like, you've got our word, you've got a Harrington's word, like, you've got all, you've got people here who know the program works. But even if you don't believe in that, which I totally respect that, right? Believe in the concept of, hey, if I make a good decision today, right? If I really put my all into something, that should benefit me a couple years from now. correct? And that's exactly what Pied Piper's saying right there. Yeah.
0: It's not easy. I'm not I never promised you easy. I promised you effective. Yes. I promised you results. Good. I promised you good. Not easy. Yeah. Um, let's see, a couple more because we're way late for football at fifty. Uh Brian uh Hornbeck said, I made a change, I retired. My guy.
3: But again, my guy. I love that. But there are a bunch of thirty somethings out there right now in the world who are not gonna be in a position to retire. Yep. Right? That's why you have to have these conversations. Yep. Uh,
0: Brett Burnett says you can also have money and lose money. Be smart about it. If you're going to invest scams galore, uh, Nicola, for example. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, greed is greed is really good and really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really good and and really bad. Uh, but Hey, it is what it is. Well, I appreciate you guys humoring me. I, I do. I, I am really, I'm super passionate about life. Like I just don't believe in sitting around and hoping. I've never believed in hoping and salty drunk, I think asked, or somebody asked why we don't do tri-day trading because I'm doing what I'm passionate about right here, right now. Yeah, I make really good money. We make it for ourselves and we are building an empire. And so in my world, I, I wake up every day, ready to rock and roll. I do not dread getting up at four o'clock ever. I do not dread four o'clock in the afternoon or 10 o'clock at night. I am, I am, I don't dread it. I mean, frankly, my wife is a titan. Mrs. Monty is, I married way over my head. We're we're having serious conversations about whether she should quit her job in corporate America and come and work with us. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And I am thankful every day. This is what I I say every day. I'm so thankful for you guys being here because there's just no way to.
3: In all of this, because we were like, yeah, we have this show. And we have some listeners, right? Some who are pretty yeah. loyal. We had we some do, at, the, right. at that time, right? You, if you wind the clocks back, probably, you know, a year is probably when these conversations really started happening. But if you really wind the clocks back to that time, like we, we had a conversation like, hey, man, like how much longer can we work for someone else? How much longer can we, how much time you know, are in our
0: lives are we willing to like, waste?
3: you're giving away if you do do the math, right? You're giving somebody else 40, out 50 hours a week, right? Over the course of a, a working year for, for an American. That's a lot of time. And we have spent time. Do
0: you guys remember this show? Like, I don't know if Jeremy Bolton's here today. He is right he there. He is, yeah, he's here. He says, I feel like, I feel one of the lucky ones in working and doing what I love. Jeremy Bolton was one of the guys who listened to the show when we had like 20, 30 listeners total. Yeah. Like we would... We generally do three, 4,000 listeners uh, during a live show. And we'll do, like in a day, on a daily basis, we do about 20,000 views a day on YouTube. There was a time when we launched this YouTube channel, we were doing 30 views a day. Like we would have 30 people watch the show in, in its entirety. Think about, think about that. And that's a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like, or two years ago almost. It's, this show never exploded. We built this thing slowly, 30 listeners a day. Yeah. Dude. And then we wind up with people like Papa Murphy's Pizza. We right? all
3: remember the Twitch experiment. Uh,
0: experiment. Yeah. yeah. Which was a, Eric and Raleigh. It, 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 I don't know if Eric's still here, but he is. Eric and Raleigh was like, dude, you cannot do Twitch. Like, Twitch sucks. And we tried it. Yeah, we tried it and we took a huge risk we were doing we had gotten up to about a thousand we were doing um the the uh twitter live stream app periscope periscope we were doing periscope and we would get about a thousand listeners a show on periscope and then they decided hey we're going to shut down periscope and we were like okay and then like twitch started banging on our door Right, like I, I, I knew a guy who left a radio industry to go build Twitch Sports, and he immediately started hitting us. And then when the Periscope thing happened, he straight up came to us and said, "Hey, Periscope's going away. Come to Twitch." And it was a, a, a disaster for us. It yeah. was absolutely oh, a disaster shit. for us. So we pivoted right away. Tried Zoom for a little while. Disastrous. You broke up with her over text, and we you moved to Utah finally. Yes, yes, yes. And we started doing, we started doing YouTube every day mm-hmm. and it it's just been a crazy, it's been a crazy grind. You know, it, it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says what happened to shooting monsters in, into the garbage cans? Oh, you're trying,
3: you trying to relive some garbage can basketball. Oh my God.
0: Oh that, my God. Is that what I'm hearing right now? I mean, that's crazy, dude. Did
3: I remember when we worked at Yelp and we were going to the office in Scottsdale and we would play garbage can basketball every day. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I, mean, yeah, NY Monty fan says Jeremy Bolton is the man, the myth, the legend. Jeremy Bolton, seriously. I and if if we go through like the guys who have really stuck by us, like Lopes fan Gabe is probably the number one. Lopes fan Gabe, listen to us at the shitty radio station in Scottsdale. I mean, like, which was crazy. Yeah. And he stayed with us through different incarnations of our show. I think Eric and Raleigh and I found each other first at KMBR in San Francisco. Yeah. So he's been with us that long. Like, we have guys like those guys, the Jeremy Boltons of the world, like, that have stayed with the show. And we love you guys for that. That's why we try to do, like, this holiday gift-giving stuff. We try to do, like spring training trips taking you guys to jazz games giving away all-star game tickets like
3: and like that's why the partner thing that's why we take the partner thing so yes. seriously because we we don't we're not just interested in like like making money for the sake of it we we want we want our the folks who advertise on this show you know the names you we want them to be impactful for you guys like that's yes. why we don't that's why we haven't just added like 15 sponsors to the show right like you notice we have the group of advertisers we have, and we're looking to add some other ones. We're working on it, but we're very intentional about that. And that that's why it matters.
0: Yeah, I, uh, dude, I, I, yeah. Lopes Fan Gabe says two to 3,000 during a live show and we can't get more than 47 likes. First of all, I'm terrible at mechanics. I should be saying to you, hey, please give us a like, hit the like button. You know, Hey, there's 110 people in this room. Hey, if, every, if all 110 of you hit the like button right now, we would pick up probably a hundred subs like right now yeah if all hundred of you hit the like button man that would really help us grow i should be saying that more so first of all that's probably my fault but yeah i agree it's a huge tip of the cap when you guys hit the like button for us jeremy bolton says i miss getting into it with driftwood and Growcock the casuals uh eric and raleigh says we built this city on rock and roll eric and raleigh honestly he could you could be eric and raleigh the longest listener on the show yeah, you I mean, could it's, be.
3: I think he's going on a decade.
0: Back to 2011 ish. Yeah, back to 2011 ish. Thanks. Lopes fan Gabe was probably 2016 ish. Um, something like that. Like it goes back. Like in Jeremy Bolton, I think you used to listen to us at 1320K fan, the sports, sports leader. leader. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Uh Eric says Periscope was awesome. Twitch sucks. Yeah. Um, I promise you today, today, I have an empty rock, empty Rockstar can right here. We will play garbage can basketball for you today. We ju- You're right. That, yeah. Yeah. Does fun. anybody
3: does anybody know anyone at at Monster? By the way. Yeah, Monster I, I or Rockstar. Monster hookup, we, we, need, we need we need a contact, bro. And like,
0: it's dysfunctional locally. It's really yeah. dysfunctional.
3: We, we, I'm I'm a Monster guy all day. I drink Rockstar, but I am definitely a white Monster guy. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, Lopes Van Gabe, a legend unto himself. Lopes Van Gabe lives in Phoenix. He flew up to Provo or flew into Salt Lake City to come to our barbecue pit stop event. My word, and the other day, uh, posted a picture on Twitter of the package he got from barbecue pit stop. Yeah, dude, still shops with them. Yeah, I mean. Eric and Raleigh says, uh, first I heard Tim filling in for Gary Radnich during Christmas time on KMBR. One of the most nervous things I have ever done. Why was it nervous for you? Well, I was on TV. I was on the radio. And I never get nervous being on the radio. Like, it's just something that I've done for so long. But Gary Radnich was uh, somebody that was a big flipping deal. And I just remember, you know... Talking to Gary about it. And he's like, yeah, I want you to fill in on my show. I want you to be the guy that they use. So I'm going to tell uh, XYZ that you're going to be the guy to fill in. And so he like rubber stamped me at KMBR. Like it was it was crazy. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I can't remember who the guest was. It might've been Boach. It was somebody big came on the show that day. Like it was, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So we were on, uh, we were on TV that day. We were on the radio and we have like a huge name. It was, it was crazy. Oh, and on top of that, I know Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, him and I have interacted a little bit through my time there. Yeah. And he sent me a text message that day and said, congratulations. Welcome back to San Francisco. Like, it was one of the craziest things
3: ever. Yeah, dude. Yeah,
0: so it was a big deal being on KGO. Like, I won a a Murrow Award as part of, there was a plane crash back in, like, 2013 uh, in San Francisco. An Ajiana flight crashed at SFO. Yeah, dude. And I happened to be on the air when that happened. Like, San Francisco was amazing. Uh, PrepperNet says, money is not the asset. Money is the tool we exchange with to get what we want. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Eric says, smash the like button, follow. let's go. Absolutely. You should smash the like button and follow because uh you can also get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more uh when you get your pizza at Papa Murphy's Pizza.
1: Papa Murphy's presents: How to change the way you pizza. Step 1: Carefully knead dough. Step 2: Artfully spread sauce. Step 3: Add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step 4: realize we already did all that for you so all you have to do is bake it for a limited time only get the hog heaven pizza with Canadian bacon ground sausage and crispy bacon Papa Murphy's change the way you pizza
0: absolutely change the way you pizza my friends because Papa Murphy's is is where it's at there's no doubt about that and The other thing that I will always tell you is that the people at Papa Murphy's, again, local entrepreneurs, people at Quick Quack Car Wash who bring you the biggest stories in sports, local entrepreneurs. Uh, Every day um, here on the show, we are presented by our good friends at The Advocates, local entrepreneurs. I've known uh, Matt Triggs for 10 years. Local entrepreneur, a guy that had a vision for a law firm, and look where they're at now at The Advocates, utahadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, and they just put had a post on their Instagram about how they help you get your funds from Social Security, which is not easy to do anymore. Workman's Comp, injury, Social Security. You need help? Go to The Advocates, Utah And It's the guys at tri Trading. Yeah. The guys down at Tri-Day Trading, local entrepreneurs. They're based in Lehigh. Like it's it's that's who we like doing business with. And that's not always possible. Um, that's not always possible, but we we everything we do here yeah. uh on this show, we really try to do it with local entrepreneurs. Boyd Lake says, Monty, drop in the Kevin O'Leary quotes. Great stuff on the Monty show. And I don't mean to preach Best. at you guys before we move before we move back on to MBA, because I really do want to talk MBA. Um I, I want you to understand that we don't try to preach at you. Um, I don't try to be the guy who's like hey that's funny Uh, I don't want to try and be the guy that's always like hey you got to do this and you got to do that like that's not who we are but there's one thing in this life I'm passionate about and that is us and you just kicking ass every single day. I'm a huge believer in that. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, a New York Monty fan says, I started listening to the show on Apple co- Podcasts for about a year, then finally wanted to see what the YouTube channel was all about. No comparison. Now I plan my day around the live show. Oh, thank you. Appreciate I really appreciate that.
3: that. Yeah, I appreciate thank that. Thank you.
0: That, that, like, see, that's so flattering to us. You're So flattering. Eric and Raleigh says, you were so great that day, Tim, and that's why I'm still here today. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Skeet says, Gary Rodriguez. Okay. Uh, Tanner says, I first found your show in January of 2021. At the time the jazz were at the top of the NBA and the Utah media was hyping them up like no tomorrow. I was so sick of it and wanted some objectivity. Well, uh, he said, I found you guys and I've been here ever since for the better or for most likely for worse. <laughs>
3: thank you, Tanner.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Tanner is one of my guys though. Absolutely. One of my guys. Um, but you know, Brent Burnett's you're an interesting guy. Cause he talks about investing on this show all, all the time. And he's like, sometimes I get turned into a pinata here. I'm not do. really sure what that means, but. Yeah, you know. Giggity said, first time I heard you was uh, the day you took over for that crappy AZ station. Was hesitant until you hooked me with the hot dog as a sandwich conversation. Oh, my good old guy. Napa Mike. Uh, the late Napa Mike. Yes. I miss him. San Diego State says, Gary Radnich at KMBR was the man. He was. He was. Jeremy Bolton says, Giggity, freaking hot dog is a sandwich conversation, LOL. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Uh, Brandon Butler says, uh, I've been with you guys since K-Fan. Appreciate that, Brandon. Uh, Good to see you. Les Wayman says, Olives and pineapple with barbecue sauce. Les? I really don't care if you think it's sus. Listen, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You know, but... I'm just. You can't saying. be
3: doing olives, dude. Olives are. I mean. Come on, dude. I mean, and by the way, tell Alma to
0: get back to me, man. Yeah. Like, like, where are we at with, with you know?
3: Yeah. Come on. We
0: need the we need the we need the Alma Wayman thing. We're you getting know. somewhere. Uh, Pied Piper says I found you guys around 2020 for the BYU Sports Talk, but I've stayed for you guys and your motivation to get life done. Oh wow. appreciate that. Um. Hit last, life. I'm yeah. sending that to Elmo Wayman. Yeah. It's just that simple. I'm telling on you. Um, <laughs> uh, Eric and Raleigh says, any news on the special ops friend of yours? No, dude, the no. Steaver. We were just yeah. talking about Stever yeah. the other day. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, the Stever was a... Man, we have had some guys on this show.
3: Yeah, dude, the Stever was a, a bad dude. Like, he was, he a, was a He was a black ops.
0: Dude. So much to the point, like he found us on the shitty radio station in Scottsdale. <laughs> And I'll never say the name. I'll always call it that because it was a dump. Holy cow! Um, but he listened to the show regularly, and he used to send us like pictures and stuff of all the guys like watching
3: our Facebook feed. <laughs> he would send us pictures,
0: and then one day we didn't know what he did. We had yeah. no idea who he was. We
3: just like knew that he was like someone in in the
2: service. Like Yeah, you we didn't knew know. he was in the military.
0: Yeah. Um, and then he sent me a picture of my house above my house like he was flying over it <laughs> and it was like you know those pictures in a, a aircraft or he was in a helicopter and there's like the gunship and it has like the crosshairs yeah. in it he sent a picture to our um to my phone i want to say on uh, when when disappearing that's right vanishing he's the mode. first guy who ever told me about vanishing mode So he sent a picture of my house in the crosshairs in vanishing mode. And then we started talking and we got to know him, and it turns out he was like a black ops guy. And he would listen to the show and then he would just disappear. And he would come back and he'd be like, yo, I'm back. (laughs) And then one day he told us, well, hey, I have, you know, I have COVID and I have really bad COVID. Yeah. COVID's terrible. It's really bad. Like it's awful. The coronavirus. And then he got it, like, I think he said he had COVID like seven times.
3: And this was back when it was like the OG variant. Yeah. Like the OG virus. Like
0: he was saying, hey, I have COVID. I've yeah. had COVID
3: like seven yeah. times,
0: right? And so he would tell us that and 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 he got better. He got over it. And then one day he started saying, well, hey, I'm going to go on a mission. So I'm going to be gone for a while. I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. Um. I can't, you know, I can't do X, Y, or Z. Right. But I'm going to be gone for a while, but I'll be back yeah and then he came back like two months later and then he was like yeah i was on a mission and then he started telling me a little bit more about what he did uh-huh. and he was like hey i'm going here or hey we did this or dude so I'm i said yeah and then at the end of the time that stever and i were talking on dm he said i'm going away and it's going to be a long time and I, I I can almost vividly remember the last thing I said to him was, Hey, God bless you. Thanks for your service. I can't wait to hear back from you. And we've never heard back from him. And I and don't know how long ago like that four was. Years. It's, yeah, it's been, been like, a long it's been since
3: time. That was that happened towards the end of our time at the garbage pile known as the radio station.
0: It's been a long time in like,
3: like, like, so that was that was was that twenty nineteen? Twenty eighteen? Something like that. You know because i i started the yelpatory october of 2019 which was only a month or so after we had left the radio station and i think it was about a couple months before that happened to us that he had said that so it's been like you know it's been like four years it
0: was it was i'm a huge supporter of the the, the military i think you guys probably know that like i come from i have a good bit of military and law enforcement in my family um, and so living in Phoenix, Phoenix is a huge, much like Salt Lake City, yeah. you know, with Hill and all the Air Force bases and the military presence that's here. If you look at if you look at Arizona, like the military presence there is massive. And so it's like when those guys interact with the show, I go out of my way to be like, oh, hey, thanks for your service. And I don't even remember what he was a fan of or where he was originally from, but it was so crazy the day he sent us that picture of our house. Yeah, dude. Because I mean, we had lived there like
3: <laughs> three weeks; we had just moved. Well, it shows you the ability that guys like him have oh, to get information, God. dude. Like, and it's he, crazy. Like, he didn't. I don't know how he knew my
0: phone number, but he sent me pictures, and I thought for a long time he like he was just some jerk being like, "Hey, I'm cool," and, but then he would like send us pictures inside a helicopter. Or he had send us pictures like they had, they hubbed out or they lived out of whatever, a barracks or wherever they were. But he would send us pictures of a group of guys in front of a a laptop watching the show on Facebook. So like you, and you knew he was legit because how would you know my phone number? How would you know where I lived? How would you know where the house was? Like Once
3: he did that, I was like, okay, this guy has resources. And it, it's really unfortunate. I hope I hear from him again. Yeah. I, I don't
0: know. I know that well, he, it's
3: hard. Like with the military, you don't like, you don't know what defines a long time. Cause there were times where he was gone for a couple months, but like you said, he'd pop back, he'd pop up.
0: back in, but, but now it's been to be different. I now mean, I don't know how long it's been, but it seems yeah. like it's been a long time. Yeah. You know, like, it seems like it's been a long time. What did Gage Carter say say right there? Uh, Gage Carter said, I've been watching you guys for four or five months now, and now y'all are a part of my morning routine. Oh, I appreciate that. Appreciate that, that, dude. Salty Drunk says, Loyalty is setting my alarm for midnight to watch live each day. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate that. Um, Oh, Les Wayman says, Alma agrees with me on olives on Pete. No, he doesn't. No, he does not.
4: Sometimes I think I just say shit.
0: That hurts me. Um, You know, yes, Eric and Raleigh, bad meaning great. Uh, Tanner says, man, I'm on the front runner train and the train attendant is so freaking annoying. He won't shut up and he keeps saying good morning every five minutes. So sorry to be friendly. Sorry to be friendly. (laughs) Um, Tanner says, yes, you can call me a stick in the mud, but I'm uh, I'm still freaking annoying. Yeah, but you're amazing, dude. You're amazing. Uh, Lopes Van Gabeson, since we're going down memory lane, I remember you guys started in the afternoon on that crappy radio station. Honestly, didn't, quote, get or like the show until you guys moved to mornings. Been here since. Oh, I appreciate that, man.
3: Why do you think that is? Just out of curiosity. I'm, I'm curious about that. And I, I always ask these questions because listener experience is super important to what we do. So, like, I'm curious. Was it just time of day and, like, like that? Or, like, I'm, I'm just really curious on that. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I think... <sighs> So we were on a radio station in Phoenix that yeah. was honestly didn't have any equipment, n- never paid us anything when like we had to sell advertising on, to be on the show and <coughs> we would sell advertising. They stiffed us on it like it was it was brutal. And we started, I think, doing like w- noon to three or one to three or something stupid like that. And they were really the owner of that station was like sports, sports, we need sports, we need sports. We're like, I tell you, lifestyle, man. Like, no, we need sports. And so then the morning show flamed out. And so we started doing mornings. And we actually had like the first ratings ever on the station doing mornings. We had like a good bit of advertising. And they just couldn't get it right.
3: Won an award. Yeah. yeah.
0: Won the best of the Valley and best sports talk show in the Valley. Gabe voted for us a million times. Appreciated that. Um, you know, it's just, it to me, it's... Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jared Eccles says this show is the best part of my day through the week. Weekends and almost uh, feel empty without the show. Keep up the amazing work, fellas. Jared Eccles, who went to what's Jared the one that sent yeah, us Super a picture Chicks. of Super Chicks? Super Chicks, Super Chicks yeah. Uh, we, we, by we the way, went yesterday too, Jared. Just so you
3: know,
0: we will be in. Uh, we will be at Super Chicks. Yeah, we had. I, I still don't understand that. Bacado? But, but, Bravo, Bacavo, Bacavo,
3: bacon <laughs> and avocado put together. Bacavo. Nah, I'm, a am I, and it's actually good. I'm ball busting. Yeah, I know. Yeah. fact. their bacon's actually really good at super. J's. I was eating this sandwich yesterday and a piece of bacon fell out. I just took the whole piece of bacon. No. Dipped it what in but, ranch and ate it.
0: But he used the piece of bacon. He folded the piece of bacon and happened like used it as a ladle to make sure you got optimum amounts yeah, of ranch. Dude, I
3: needed the optimum amount of ranch. Come on. Come on.
0: Come on. Uh, Lee Jensen says, "I'll be there Saturday if I can switch uh, with my coworker. i oh, appreciate go, that, Lee."
3: Lee. Um, and by you guys... the way, remember, remember, the first hundred people on Saturday to go to get there, and these are not, and again, it's not just our listeners from the show. Yes, hundred people from the general public, right, to come through that door on Saturday, get free food, free food. So that's what get I'm saying. Like, get there. Yeah, I agree.
0: Tyson, do you want to? You can. Is the door? In, you can come in. Like. I'm, Tyson Whiting, I think the doors unlocked. I don't remember. Tyson Whiting, my uh Utah Grizzlies uh play-by-play guy joins us. Sometimes Tyson just wanders up here and it's like, "Okay, yeah, come on in, dude." Come on in. There's Tyson, you oh, see him Steve? walking across. There he is. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait.
3: You gotta, you gotta plug the headphones in for some reason these are Yeah. And yeah. Hi, Tyson. Start of a very
4: long it's, day. Start of a very long day. It's a game day, you know. So it's you, you get up, uh, you get here at the office about 7:30, you print about 15 trees worth of paper and That's stats right. and notes and get after it against the Stillheads tonight.
0: Absolutely. By the way, if you guys have not been to the Maverick Center lately, and I mean, you're a guy that has more experience at the Maverick Center than most of us. How different is the building going to be tonight?
4: It's going to look different. Yeah, big video board at Center Ice, yeah, which dude. has been needed for years. And so it's it looks great. And it almost looks like it's a little bit too close to the ice. I think it's debatable, but... Yeah, we'll see if anybody tries to clear the puck out of the zone and gets <laughs> close to that thing. But that, that's going to look good. The ribbon board looks like there's a lot more color to it. That's been updated. Yeah. And, uh, those three big. There's like three big at the at the far end yeah. of
0: the building. They put up these three big video boards, and I I'm not I can't believe they would be able to get those working. I mean, that would be moving heaven and earth. Yeah. But I think you're right, Tyson. That that how long have people been saying we need a jumbotron in the Maverick Center? Like a long time. And now there's one right there, and there is, and it's the one from it's the one from Vivid Arena, by the way. Yes, it's the old one, the big center scoreboard, because they got a new one for the All Star Game. Yeah, and so all of that stuff came over to Maverick Center because the the Salt Lake Stars are going to play uh, at Maverick Center starting yeah. Monday. Yeah, against James Wiseman and the uh, Santa Cruz uh, Warriors. Oh, yeah. that's
4: right. I got to go to that game if Wiseman's going to play. Yes,
0: yeah, is, we dude. do. Yes, he is. We should go. I, like it, it is, it's going to be amazing. They what they were, by the way. We asked for James Wiseman. To come on the show, they said no. They said no. They won't. He is not doing media at this time.
3: Yeah. By the way, if you want headphones, those are yeah. You can put them if if like. I can hear you guys it. just fine. Okay, yeah. okay
0: <laughs> good. Uh, so let's see. Everybody's still talking about food. Uh, oh my god, I remember this. Riley O'Brien said, uh, "Monty, you gave me lounge passes that included Rockstar and Wings in like 2014 for Utah and Oregon. The game, Kalen Clay dropped the ball oh before god, crossing dude. the goal line. You've always been cool <laughs> and generous." <laughs> Do you remember where we were when that happened? I don't. We were at Legends Sports Bar downtown, and we had all the listeners who couldn't get into the game. We had a watch party, for because it was by far the biggest home game, I think, ever. Like, that game was huge yeah. when Oregon came to town. We were at Legends Sports Bar, and we had a huge watch party there. Uh, I want to say it was me, Gunther, Ben, uh, Ben Wilson, Will Smith, you, my wife, was there. Like. Yeah. It was an incredible watch party. And when Kaelin Clay, Kaelin Clay is running for the touchdown, right? Who remembers this? Yeah, dude. Kaelin Clay is running (coughs) for the touchdown to the far pylon. I can see the TV to my upper left, right? He drops the ball and we're all freaking out because he's in the end zone, they're gonna beat Oregon. It's early in the game, it's a huge win for the Utes. Now all of a sudden they weren't putting their hands up to call a touchdown. (coughs) And I just remember Legends, which was packed
3: to, yeah, to the dude. brim, got really quiet. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Well, it was that. like the awkward moment of the play oh, where Oregon picked up the ball. Yes. Oregon picks the ball up. Yes. And is there's like five of them just running down the And we're the trying sideline. to figure out what's going
0: on. Like, what the heck is going on? And Kalen Clay had dropped the ball between the one and
3: the goal line. Clearly had to. It was and definitive. it wasn't close. It was definitive. Oh, yeah. my
4: God. And man. he had the great touchdown celebration and everything. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. And
0: at that time, Gunther, you know, working with, with Kyle Gunther, obviously he's a – I would call him a Ute legend. The guy, like, he's one of the biggest personalities I think that's ever played for yeah. Um, And a really good offensive lineman, by the way. Uh, but I just remember – Gunther doesn't usually get emotional about sports. He was very, and Tyson, you produced a show for years. You you probably can attest this. Gunther was very level about Utah football. Like he was never the guy that was like, ah, oh, we're dying, or oh my God, it's amazing. He was just always right down the middle. I will never forget how pissed off he was about that play. I'd have been pissed too. Oh my God, like, yeah. uh, I mean, Kalen Clay. Oh my God, that was, that play, that play was amazing. Uh, T- Tanner Plummer says my favorite episode of the show was when you guys talked about the time uh, the Tangerine Twitter machine got the cocoa and how he got the Regeneron cocktail. Okay, I appreciate that. Regeneron. Uh, Tanner Plummer also says, oh, hi, Tyson. Tanner says,
4: hello, Tyson. Well, hi, Tanner. <laughs> Yeah, you were talking about Jaron Eccles. It was interesting. I actually went to the 2011 NBA draft at, uh, you know, downtown, the, mm-hmm. the Jazz draft party. Went with yep. his, his dad and him, and, you know, we're, we're driving there, and it's rush hour, you know, trying to get to the draft there before, you know, when it starts a Jazz. I think I'd picks three and 12 that year. They ended up taking Ennis Canner and Alec Burks. But oh I remember going God, there, yes. we get to about a red light, and I knew that, I okay, if I had to make this red light, I got to cruise it. Right. <laughs> so. I just, I just, I just make a charge for it. I, I just hit the gas. Yeah, I, of course. I get through the red light. I look up, the lights red, and I could see those two were really concerned, you Jared and and <laughs> Brian. And I, I, you know, I'm thinking, geez, these guys think I'm ter- a terrible driver. So I go, made it. You know, yeah, just to, just to reassure them hey made okay, it everything's just fine but did you die <laughs> <laughs> Didn't and of course you know they're thinking i'm this terrible driver and then we get on the way back after the draft ends and sure enough about the same thing happens same scenario i hit the gas again <laughs> i go made it
0: that's awesome well years
4: later my dad like tells me a story because you know we, we used to work together and stuff and and so he's like yeah you know jordan and and Brian were telling me the story about how you know you just about ran a couple red lights, and so they've <laughs> turned it. They turned it into their own thing. Like every time there was close to a red, Jaron would always say, "Made it, nice, <laughs> Made it that kind of life. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and
0: Jaron again yesterday. Jaron uh, was one of the guys yesterday who went into Super Chicks. We will be there Saturday, uh, ten to noon. Super Chicks uh, on Riverdale Road. Technically, it's Riverdale, but it is Ogden. But technically, it's it's technically Riverdale, but we call it the Super Chicks in Ogden on Riverdale Road. 10 to um, noon, first 100 people. I'm telling you, you get free food. We will compare ranches because I am telling you, the people at Super Chicks, uh, I don't know what they put in their ranch. I'm guessing it's Colombian Pure. I I could be wrong. Uh, Brett Burnett says the jumbotron's expensive. Why? Yes, it is. Uh, Boyd Lake says Gunther's stories about Urban Meyer. He hated that guy. Nobody yeah. likes Urban Meyer. Gunther used to tell stories about how Urban Meyer would threaten people's scholarships. Oh well, if you're not going to make that block, we're pulling your scholar. If you're not going to do this, we're going to pull your scholarship. Like it is. It's remarkable. The sto- Gunther has. And that—that's the thing about Kyle Gunther. What makes him so incredibly talented is he has an, a, a million stories.
3: He has perspective. He,
0: he he well. He played the game. He played for Urban
3: Meyer, like yeah. when
0: he played for Urban and Wit, and he was a really he was a starter on offense. Yeah, just his weight loss. I don't know how many people even recognize the fact that. What is Kyle Gunther? Probably 200 pounds soaking wet these days. But like that, that guy was a fat offensive lineman who used to joke about being a fat offensive lineman.
3: I remember him telling stories about how much he had to eat and like, you know, what you have to do to put on all that weight. And, and just walking up the stairs, just his, like being
0: tired, just walking up the stairs, being that weight, man, like is, is crazy. The stories that he would tell. Yeah. Kyle Gunther is a great storyteller. And again, I don't know where I know where, I know where Ben Anderson is. Obviously, he's at KSL Sports. I know where Mitch Harper is. He's at KSL Sports. But I I have no idea what Ben Wilson's doing. I don't know where. Last we heard, I think Jeremy Bolton's the guy who said he saw Kyle Gunther working at Salty Peaks. Yeah. The snowboard shop we go to. But it's just crazy. So K-Fan alum, Tyson Whiting sitting here as the voice of the Utah Grizzlies, right? Doing exceptionally well. You have Ben Anderson, who yeah. is doing a talk show and covers the jazz for KSL, yeah. doing exceptionally well. Yeah. Mitch Harper, who started with us at KFan, is essentially covering all things BYU for KSL. Like, there are some guys that are doing some amazing things. Then there's yeah. us. So we just do this little talk show. J.P. Chunga hacks. working
4: with the jazz. What's that? J.P. Chunga working with the jazz. Oh, is he really? J.P.
0: Chunga? Oh, man, J.P. Chunga. Probably the best intern I've ever had, J.P. Chunga. Uh-huh. The a Syracuse apologist, JP Chunga, but you always knew though. JP Chunga was always going to do something. Yeah, like he's just a really. I think you would agree, Tyson. You worked with him every day. Yeah. JP Chunga was a really smart guy. Yeah. He was. He was,
4: and he can again another guy that can really tell stories. You know, he's a lot more successful than I am, and it was. <laughs> I think you could see that coming from a mile away.
0: Guy, hear the voice of the of, of a professional hockey team. You do play by play for the Grizzlies. Yeah. I'm going to say you're not that. You're not doing so bad yourself. Yeah. You should be doing a talk show, by the way. I still and I, I will say this until I'm blue in the face. You're a really good play by play guy. And I actually heard I actually heard some of your um your baseball play by play the other day on accident. Yeah. And your baseball play by play is really good. I don't you're not gonna admit that.
4: No, I was a little bit, it was a a bit of an adjustment. You know, it seemed like I got better as the season went on back in 2018 with the Idaho Falls Chuckers who are now an independent team. But at the time, they were a Royals affiliate. Yep. And it's just like you get a a July night in Helena, Montana. And I'll never forget the booth in Helena because it was just like one press box. (laughs) I was on one side and and the other announcer was on the other side. So you could hear the other broadcast clearly. And you know, ninth inning, we're getting, we're making a comeback. You know, we're down like five runs going into the ninth inning. We make a comeback. The other guy is not having a meltdown on the other side. I'm trying not to laugh at him. Helena <laughs> <That's laughs> <awesome. 'Cause laughs> makes one error after another. I love it. Um, let's see. Jaron Eccles says
0: he blew in all capital letters. B L E W. He blew through that red light. We still, <laughs> we still quote that every single
3: time we go through a questionable yellow
4: it was yellow about the time i got to the intersection. okay but I what's didn't...
3: questionable well, yeah what yellow? is questionable What's questionable i mean is is a questionable yellow like where you're not in the intersection and the lights yellow or what's, oh, what's no. the rules a questionable we
0: saw it this morning driving to maverick center right like we saw a guy blow through a red light and when i say blow through a red light yeah. homie was 15 feet short again, of light when is, it turned like red
3: four in the morning no one on the road so do you get a little leeway for running lights at that time of day or is the rule mm-hmm. still the rule i don't know tyson what's blowing
4: through a red light well i think if you got to get to that line you, you got to get to that line above the light that you know it's, yeah but by the time it gets <laughs> yellow then you know you get through it when it's yellow and then you know if, even if you look up and it's it's red and you've passed it i mean you're good
0: Are you a good driver? Because I freely admit that I'm the best driver on earth. I'm from
4: Utah, so no, I'm not a
0: good driver.
3: Exactly right. See, at least he owns it. See, at least, you know. Exactly right. Like, it is what it is. Exactly right.
0: You you can't be a good driver uh, on the Monty Show, where, by the way, if you get in an accident, you should call the Advocates. Or go to their website, Utah Um, Exactly right, Tyson. So, yeah, you can't be. Uh, Salty Drunk says Tyson has a great voice for play by play and does a great job calling the game.
3: Hockey is
4: not an Dude, easy sport. This is
3: somebody, just so you know, Tyson. Salty Drunk lives in Australia and listens to you call games.
4: Yeah. Like, what time is it by the time it gets to midnight, game time? Midnight. Oh, my. Well, oh, by the time it gets time. to game time, it's morning in
3: Australia. Yeah, it would be morning in Australia. Yeah. Right?
0: Because he starts listening to this show at midnight. Yeah, He still owes us a case of 4X Gold, which we're never going to get. Which is
3: some of the best beer you can get in Australia. And by
0: the way, Salty Drunk, we are planning an Australia venture. So we may come by and knock on your door, and you better have my 4X Gold. Yeah. Or nothing will happen. Exactly. Uh, Tanner says, I don't usually get pissed about sports, but as an Eagles fan, I was really pissed off the last Monday night. Well, Well, you you probably should should have been.
3: You should be. You
0: probably should have been.
4: I thought the Commanders played a great game Monday. They did. They controlled the football. They ran the ball. And I mean... it almost seems like the one kryptonite that the Eagles have is you can run the ball on them, control the game, yep. keep Jalen Hurts off the field, and now, now Dad, Dallas now Dallas Goddard's out with an injury, which hurts my fantasy team. I was going to pick up Cole Komet, and I got him on waivers, and yeah. some, idiot, it, some idiot got him before I did, so now I had to go back to plan <laughs> B idiot. looking for a tight end.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think it's one of those things where it's... The, the, it, so many teams, and we were talking about the best quarterbacks in the NFL, right? And I think there are so many teams in the National Football League who cannot play from behind. And I think the Eagles are one of those teams. Like yeah. as as much as I advocate for Jalen Hurts, and I think Jalen deserves opportunities, and I think he is rightfully the starting quarterback of that team, and we should stop questioning that. He's not a guy you want playing from behind. Yeah. He he is not. You don't want Lamar Jackson playing from behind. I don't think necessarily you want Josh Allen playing from behind. Right? But if it's Justin Herbert, pocket passer, traditional pro-style guy. I'll have him playing from behind. Right. But I don't want Justin Fields playing from behind. Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> I want Tommy playing from ahead or behind. I think Tommy's a great come-from-behind guy. But if you look across the league at some of the quarterbacks in this league, they're going to struggle playing from behind. And I think the Eagles are probably far more, far more better off playing from the lead, which – goes without saying but in the nfl you're gonna yeah you're gonna trail uh san diego state aztec says i have a i have lots of stories however i'm not a great storyteller which is one reason i like listening to monty listening and learning oh i appreciate that thank you uh riley o'brien uh who by the way again i always i I always try to remember to say you should go to general rv and draper and see riley o'brien yeah dude guys for real the guy is an unbelievable rv salesman Uh, said badass that Tim and Jake do a show together and Jake can hold his own. Monty's show is elite. You've really grown as a talk show host. You're you are you are we've had some battles over this. Yeah. I don't know how we got into this nostalgic I, thing. It, it all it, started I, with I the Friday trading argument. Dude, I
3: love the days when we do this. I'll I do too. It I, love, is, I love talking about some it. Some
0: of the most enjoyable shows we do yeah. are about the crappy radio station in Phoenix where we overcame and won the award for the best talk show in Arizona. And
3: blowing through yellow lights. And Tyson you know, like, being a terrible like, driver from that's Utah the who blows through we, yellow that's, lights—that's what we as people remember. <laughs> like those are the stories that you latch to, You know, like Tyson. What stories.
0: is what is your what is your greatest thirteen twenty K fan memory? I, my greatest memory, and I think I've shared this on the show. Yeah, my greatest Tyson Whiting memory, and I was the program director at thirteen twenty K. Excuse fan. me. Oh, Bro- I, I'm sorry. I was the program director at thirteen twenty K fan. The sports leader, uh, exactly right. So I was the program Nick Saban program <laughs> yeah, yeah. director.
4: You gotta say program
0: leader. You, yeah. you, <laughs> you, you <laughs> yes, yes. See, he, he Tyson gets it, gets it. Gets it. You see what absolutely. I mean? So I'm the program director right. at 1320K Fan, and we had this really nice lady that was the business manager, and she comes to me one day, and she's like, "Hey, um, uh, can you talk to Tyson?" I'm like, or "Okay, okay. What happened? Because you don't hear from Tyson, right?" Tyson doesn't complain. Tyson doesn't ask he you just for does anything. His job. He just shows up and does his job.
3: Yeah, which is amazing.
0: And she's like, Well, he's not turning in his pay slips. I was like, Well, what do you mean? Well, he's not turning in his pay slips. Right. I'm like, Okay, no problem. So I'm like, Hey, Tyson, hey, man, you know, we can't pay you unless you turn in your pay slips. So then he's like, Okay, yeah, no problem. I, uh, turns in his pay slips. She comes to me like two months later. Hey, um, I need you to talk to Tyson. He's not uh, picking up his paychecks. I'm like, what? So I go to Tyson, and I remember in the studio, in the program studio, right? Yeah. The control room was there was a wall. One side was the talk studio. The other side was the control room. Yeah. And so I walked in there and I hand Tyson, I think, two paychecks, and said, "Hey, dude, you need to get paid." And Tyson's like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to get paid. I just, I, you know, I like, I, I, I like being here." And, and so. At that point I was like, dude, you're doing a really good job. You yeah. need to get paid. Like you're producing the afternoon show. Yeah. And tight like you literally would not take your paycheck.
4: You know. I thought it was just
0: direct deposit. I
4: didn't know there was a physical <laughs> check there.
0: <laughs> I just thought it. I, I thought it was fancy. So, do you have what are your memories of thirteen twenty K fans?
4: I mean, a lot of them came when I was an intern, just trying to find a way to stay in the you know stay in the door. It's like okay, my foot's in the door. I got to find a way to stay here. I remember Don Shula showed up in the afternoon one Don day Shula. about a month oh, into Shula. my internship, and and got to see Don Shula. I even got to see David Shula, the former Bengals head yes, coach there too. Yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then I remember. The, there was like the last season of Stump the Schwab. And oh, wow. the, the winner yes. of Stump the Schwab just happened to be a Utah. It was like it was a college edition. So you had college students. Well, the winner just happened to be from the University of Utah. It was a local kid, a guy named Michael Smith. And so he's on about 330. You know, Gunther and Graham are talking to him. and uh, Gunther and Graham. And so it's like I'm listening to that and going, I bet I can beat him. And, and stump the Schwab. I bet you I can beat him in a trivia contest. So I, so I, 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 don't know if it was a text or something. I challenge him. I'm like, like me and him. Well, we're gonna do this <laughs> we're a trivia <tribute> contest. <laughs> so somehow we got it set up, and we got it about Thursday afternoon. I had to go to Costco to get a pizza. And oh so my god! We had god, a segment Costco at four pizza. o'clock in the afternoon where it was me and the defending champion of stump the Schwab, and we're in the studio, and we're we're doing a trivia contest. It's <laughs> we're going back and forth, and I eventually won.
2: You know, did. The,
4: the winning question was about teams that had never reached the Super Bowl. And uh, I was able to pick out a few, you know, Browns, wow. Jaguars, Lions. Wow, that's incredible.
0: My I that see, that's what I know you for. If I, I'm being totally honest, what I
4: know you for is you have an encyclopedia style memory. This is what I won. I won the Ryan Leaf rookie card. You this did? Is, I won this for uh, winning that contest uh, you know, on, on K-Fan. Do you want that signed? I know Ryan Leaf personally, we are friends. If you I, ever I, want that signed, I can I'd get probably want the... a better version of the card. You, you know, this one's a little beat up. <laughs>
2: um, I, if I,
0: that's how I, that's what I think of you as. You're, you have like unfathomable knowledge of sports. Yeah. I mean, it's you and a, a, my good friend John Dickinson, who's at 95 7 the game in San, San Francisco. I can say to John Dickinson, September 29th, 1987. Hello, here, man. Where were the San Francisco Giants and what was the game about? John Dickinson can say, well, you know, the way the schedule's structured, they would have been in Cincinnati. And, you know, that trip, you know, the odd thing about, and he can give you a story. A game score and something that happened in that
4: game. You know, I do know that. That's about the time when the Giants were winning the NL West. You know, they ended up going to the playoffs that year. You guys, hell out of here! They lost Cardinals in seven games. That was <laughs> well, that was. The, look at it, well, dude. What, what, like who does that? Well, that was the famous NLCS where Jeffrey Leonard, had you know, just went off, hit a home run every game, like the first four games, went one flat down with his home run trot. <laughs> I promise you.
0: We did not plan this. I no, did not
4: know you no. were coming up here. We did not plan this. Nope. I didn't know I was coming up here either. I was thinking
3: about getting some breakfast, but God breakfast sounds so good. <laughs> oh my God. Well, okay, what's your go-to breakfast spot around the map? Oh, where where do you go?
4: Carls Jr.,
3: uh, they got a two for
4: five deal with the sausage egg and cheese biscuits. Oh.
0: So good. Biscuits or do biscuits or McMuffins? Like so at McDonald's, it's it's biscuits. You can get a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. Which is good. Or sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin. I haven't had McDonald's in about a month, I guess it is now. Maybe but you're a McGriddle guy. I'm a McGriddle guy.
4: Tyson, is it biscuits or is it muffin? McMuffins? Probably McMuffins. Probably McMuffins. It's just the biscuits are a little bit too thicker. Yeah, they just the McMuffins. They really are. See, I, that's what Chick-fil-A I, has down. See,
3: Chick-fil-A's biscuits I, uh, uh, are thick cut, but they're really soft. Like, I don't know what they do to make them soft, but they're easy to eat because of that.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. A couple of guys have questions. Let's get into it.
3: Tom says, thoughts on things
0: like the Manning cast for a professional play-by-play guy. Is it good, bad, or whatever? Do you Are you, as a guy who does play-by-play for a living, are you a fan of the Manning cast?
4: It's good as an alternative i mean you, i would agree they pretty much take advantage of the fact there's a visual so it's not like they have to describe the game right and even some play-by-play guys you know it's like in radio i enjoy listening to kevin harlan and you know most nights it's kurt warner as his analyst i enjoy listening to the radio broadcasts on westwood one because you get a description of the game yeah whereas you know guys like joe buck i mean Mike Tirico, you know they know there's a visual there, so they can. Yeah. I wouldn't say get lazy, but they can kind of minimalize. They let it ride a little bit. Yeah, they let it ride a little bit. Like we watch, so we we have DirecTV. The only way for
0: us to watch the Jazz, yeah, is uh You know, is through DirecTV. Good and, luck. Yeah, good luck. But I usually watch the road because Holly Rowe is just not my flavor. Um, so I watched Mike Breen. Uh, the other night. Yes. And I think Mike Breen is lovely, but he does, he does exactly what you talked about. Mike Breen lets kind of the game unfold while they're having a conversation. And why? For the life of me, I can't remember the former player he had on with him. Wally, Zer- but- Wally Zerbiak. Wally Zerbiak. Oh, Thank what you, a name, Tyson. Dude, yeah. Wally Zerbiak. A good, by the way, I'd hit that. Good looking dude. <laughs>
4: we'll move on. Anyway,
0: my point, is
4: he, my he point does, is. he beat Utah in the second round in 1999. You know, Utah went to the yes. final four with Rick Majerus and then. The next year, Wally Zerbiak knocked out Utah in the second round. You remember
0: how good he was in college? He was
4: great. Oh, my God.
0: Probably didn't live up to it in the pros, but Wally Zerbiak could ball. Anyway, but Mike Breen does pretty much exactly what you talked about. Mike's not going to call every single. And I don't know how you do it in hockey. Like, I think hockey is one of the most difficult play-by-play gigs, um, which is why I think it makes you unbelievable. Like, you call every puck movement. Like, being your color guy, and for those of you who don't know, you should go right now and subscribe to the Utah Grizzlies uh, YouTube channel uh, because you hear, it's essentially the radio outlet for the Grizzlies. And so you see Tyson calling the game, and if you, I do the color. I'm on the bench at home games, and he's up top, and then he does road games in here. Uh, But the crazy thing is you call, like, every movement of the puck. And I think it's incredibly difficult. I think it's one of the... I think calling hockey is an art form. I think you can do it and you can learn it, but I think you do such a good job at it. Would you rather call baseball
4: or hockey? Oh, baseball. It's uh, There's a lot more conversation going on between pitches and you yes. can kind of set the narrative a little bit more in hockey. You just kind of watch the game and describe what you see. It's, yep. it's very difficult. I would totally, I
0: would totally agree with that. By the way, the biggest stories in sports on this show, as always, are brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash, our good friends at Quick Quack. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate all you guys. Our our guy talking with Raphael podcast uh, sent us a picture on Twitter yesterday of him going through the Quick Quack Car Wash. Appreciate that. In his Tacoma again, in his Tacoma again. Local entrepreneurs that own the uh, that own the Quick Quacks here in in, in Utah. Love those folks. And the best part about it is you get really friendly service when you go to Quick Quack and you deal with human beings, which I actually value. So I don't have to stick my card in a machine or they like scan my wash pass right through. There was, again, there was a line at the district yesterday, but you're in and out in five minutes, which I think is great. So uh, awesome to uh, have Quick Quack as part of the show. Thanks, guys, uh, for being here. But Tyson, I think hockey, like I was watching the Blackhawks lose again to the St. Louis Blues last night because. Well, frankly, that's all the Hawks do with the Blues and everybody Um, else. I'm kind of bitter. Uh, It's really despicable. But just listening to – there used to be a guy named Pat Foley.
3: Yeah, just Pat Foley.
0: Yeah, so my play-by-play guy in my life, probably my favorite guy is Pat Foley. Yeah. Um, And I'm only a a passionate hockey fan because of Pat. But having done football and baseball play-by-play, I think my favorite play-by-play is – is baseball, I would agree with you because there's there's more stories. But if I have to think back to my childhood, I have memories of Pat Foley and Dale Talon putting me to sleep at night. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I, we used, I used to live in a town called Northbrook, Illinois. And I was a huge Blackhawk fan. My dad would take me to probably three games a year. And then like I would go with our neighbor, had season tickets, so he would take me to like three games a year. And uh, But Pat Foley and Dale Talon, dude, Yep. Those guys. Th- those but again,
3: that's what we as people remember. Yes. Right? Like, we yes. remember the voice on the radio that we fell asleep in the car to or like, you know, wh- whatever it is. Like, we all remember that. And
4: yep. growing up here, it was always Hot Rod Hunley, Oh, Lee yeah. Ron Boone. Well, and again, I think I know I've
0: told this sh- story on the show before, but for me, the biggest achievement in my career was just meeting Chick Hearn. But the moment of my life was I got to produce Chick Hearn's talk show, the Laker line, it was called at the time. Um, and him and Vin Scully were very good friends. So Vin Scully came by one day when he was at a, a Laker game. And actually that day, it was John Miller, Vin Scully, and Chick Hearn. Jesus. In the building, at the, which was incredibly rare. Because John Miller obviously is the voice of the LA Kings. Yeah. Chick Hearn was the voice of the Lakers. And Vin was the voice of the Dodgers. But there was a lot of overlap, especially in October. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember the scenario that made that happen, but just sitting there with Vin and Chick Hearn and just listening to them and listening to when I worked in the St. Lu- Louis for the Cardinals, A, getting to do a, an inning of Major League Baseball play-by-play was crazy, um, but sitting in the booth with Mike Shannon for St. Louis Cardinals baseball, and then on Friday nights we did a show in St. Louis called uh, Shannon's Place. Cause Mike had Shannon steak and seafood right across the street from the new Bush, Bush stadium. And so I used to do the TV post game show for the St. Louis Cardinals. And so I would sit at that table on Friday nights in the corner of this steakhouse, Mike Shannon would come over and then it would be like Bob Costas is a St. Louis icon. So Bob Costas would come over. And again, the night that Vin Scully came over and he brought Tommy Lasorda with him. And I can't remember who the other... Oh, Eric Karros was the other guy. Those three guys sitting at a table with Mike Shannon. And I'm just sitting there hosting, hosting the show, <laughs> listening to those guys talk baseball. A, I didn't say a word, but just listening to Vin Scully. And the conversation was, I believe, about Jackie Robinson. And I remember Vin telling the story of Jackie Robinson's travails after his playing career. Yeah. And it was just, it's amazing. But when you talk about storytelling, I mean, the baseball storytelling, it's really tough to beat that, Tyson. I, I th- And I, I think much to your point. Like, do you have, who did you idolize growing up? Hot Rod Hunley had to be, right? Yeah,
4: Hot Rod Hunley, um, you know, in football it was probably – It was probably Jack Buck on the radio. Yes. And then a little bit of John Rooney, who might have been there in St. Louis about that time. Uh, He showed up in, like, 2006. Um, You know, John Rooney is pretty good. Uh, Joel Myers is pretty good. Joel Myers. He's got got that
0: great voice. Pelicans, formerly of the Lakers, Joel Myers. Desperately wanted that job. But, yeah, I I think it's fun. Uh, Tanner says, I miss Hot Rod. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Brian uh, Hornbeck. Jack Fleming, Steelers, and West Virginia football. Yeah. Jack Fleming is a name I have not heard, man. Uh, Tanner says, as much as I call out BYU TV for being homers, uh, they do a good job calling games. Greg Rubell is is class. amazing. Top class. Greg, Greg Rubell doesn't know me from Adam, and yet every time I've ever seen him or had him on my show, he's treated me like gold. And, and it's just the, the guy, like, that's the thing. Uh, fan says, never liked Ron Boone growing up, but Matt Harpering was worse. Ron Booner's great. The first time I ever came to Salt Lake City, I was driving to... Sacramento, I want to say. And I had been working at the Sporting News. I'd been writing columns and, and producing radio at Sporting News. And so I used to come on and do guest appearances on the old K-Fan with David Locke. And so I came through one morning and it was, um, it was Ron Boone doing mornings. Oh my God, it went right out of my head. The K-Bear Morning guys. Mick and Allen. And Alan and Booner were doing mornings on K-Fan. Uh-huh. And I did three days of morning shows with them in the old K-Fan studios. Uh-huh. And it was sitting next to Booner. You just quickly realize the guy is a, an unbelievable basketball mind. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. I have some crazy stories about Salt Lake City never having worked or lived here until 2013. I mean, it's, it is, it's nutty. Um, he doesn't. Uh, Riley O'Brien says he doesn't puck around. See what he did there. Get That's it, supposed to get it. Tyson like puck curse, around. You said puck around. Puck, good one. Yeah. Puck around. Yeah, that is a good one. Alex Chacon says I like David Locke as a person, but I cannot listen to him do play by play. He also has insane technical difficulties every episode of his podcast. Do you like David Locke as a play by play guy?
4: Um, I will say his style is different. It's, it's very different. You know, um, it, it it's not necessarily a style I. I'm crazy about, I mean, it's, it's one of those where it's just like, you always hear about, uh, you know, when you think about tips of doing play by play, how it's more stories than stats. And you, yes. you know, it seems like he's gotten better at, um, you know, less stats and the stats he does use are a little bit more meaningful. Um, oh, know, having yeah. a couple more yeah. stories. Yeah. I would you know, agree Stories with that. over stats always seem to be a good formula. Mm-hmm. Plus it seemed like early in his time with the jazz, you know, you wouldn't hear the score as much and he's gotten a lot better at uh, at Man. mentioning dude. the score a few times.
0: This dude right here I mean, absolutely this... hates David Locke for one reason. He never gives the time and score. <laughs> you, keep... Whenever we catch David Locke on the yeah, radio, dude. he's like, what's the score? What... We, we will sit in my car driving down the road running red lights and Jake will be like, what's the score? What's the score? Dude, just once give me the score.
3: Score and time. That's all I need you to do. <laughs> That's it.
4: It drives him. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. it,
0: dude. It drives him crazy. Although,
4: I remember David Locke towards the end of his first tenure in Utah when he was just a sports talk guy, and he was a pretty good one. You know, yeah, he, was, was. he He kind of had that, that 90s flair to him. You know, oh, a yeah. A lot, lot of energy, and, and uh, somehow it, about the finals years so he'd gotten really critical of Carl Malone. Yep. And the uh, story goes, Carl Malone said, it's me or him, and him being David Locke. Oh, wow. Well, not that long late after that, David Locke was in Seattle.
0: Wow. Is that you right? Know, I
4: think David Locke has tried to admit, have everybody forget about me or him, but you know, he, he was all over Carl Malone. I never knew that.
0: That's fascinating. Let's see, you again, Tyson
4: Telling Whiting you. with a great
0: story. Uh, T- Tanner says David Locke isn't bad. His homerism does come out, and there are times where he he, he, he where he's objective. Oh, I Fish would This
3: is that. full of homers though. I mean, come on. I would
0: agree with that. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think that's true. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, what's up, my guy? He says I never understood the Harpering hate as a color guy. I liked him. Don't get me wrong, love me some thorough but Harp wasn't so bad. I don't think it's that Harpering was bad. He just came off as arrogant sometimes. Like, and and that's what. And see, it's hard, I, I, having been a color guy on a lot of different broadcasts, I can tell you it's really hard to find your way into a guy's style. And I think, and I do this with Tyson all the time, like your best analysis is things you don't say. If you just wait, usually the opportunity will present itself. And the worst thing that you can do is run over a guy. And the thing that bothered me about Harpering is there were a lot of times he would talk talk over Bowler. Yeah. And I actually think Bowler's play-by-play is really good. Right. I think it's really good. And this is what I don't understand about the Jazz broadcast. I don't believe that Holly Rowe brings much to the game. Yeah. I, I just think she's a female voice. She
3: fits she in. She needs to be at the college level. She does really well with college she's
0: athletics. She's excellent. She was on the Kansas game the other night. Yes. And she was texting with Bill Self during the game and talking to his players after the game saying hey i was texting with your coach and I, like it was it was phenomenal but then she gets on the jazz broadcast and she just she fawns over the jazz and i don't understand it yeah like if she would just be her or the whole town well <laughs> there is something to be said about that i
4: mean the subtle thing when you're the voice of a team is you you know you obviously it's going to be a little bit slanted towards the team you're you're calling of course, the game for yeah. but It's always you want to be a little bit more subtle. You know, it's just a little bit more enthusiasm when your team scores and not necessarily as much when the other team scores. Other than that, you know, you want fans of both teams and neutral observers to be able to enjoy the game as well.
0: Yep. Um, Tanner Plummer says, wow, I can see uh, Rice-Eccles Stadium from the front runner. Crazy. Yeah, you can. Tanner listens to the show, Tyson, on the front runner while he's going to school or work, I think. I don't know. Uh, Tom says, Jan Jorgensen and some former used to do a show. Uh, Wasn't that Gunther?
4: Yeah, it was Red and the Blue with uh, Gunther and Jan.
0: Yeah, Red and Blue. Uh, Jan, uh, some former used to do a show together. I like that show and wonder what happened to it. Well, I mean, Gunther is... Things happen. Gunther's high maintenance at times. So, you know, it
4: happens. Oh that concept's never going to go away. There's always going to be some form of a red and blue show.
0: Well, doesn't doesn't um 1280 do They do they do a form of that on game day if I'm or or Fridays yeah, they've got, during football they've season. They have got Fridays. I mean, That's at
4: true. one at one point it was Lavelle Edwards and Ron McBride wow well, doing a show yeah. there with Hans Olsen back when they were all around and it was pretty good radio especially since yep. you could tell that Ron McBride really had no filter. So you were wasn't, you weren't really sure what you were going to get from Ron McBride.
0: <laughs> it makes me Ron McBride is hard to listen to now and it makes me sad because he is a phenomenal football guy phenomenal football he's we did man camp way back in the day at uh, the event center in Farmington and he's the one guy we tried to get and we couldn't get him yeah and it's the one regret i have is that we know we didn't get him there um but well it, anyway uh tom says was that Gunther that would keep uh that they keep bringing up knew it was familiar and probably why it jogged my memory yes i love that show yeah it was a good show it absolutely was a good show and yeah gunther is i miss gunther on the radio i if gunther's on the radio you're gonna stop and listen it might be two minutes it might be an hour but you're gonna stop and listen
4: and before him it seemed like brian johnson had a few months on the radio and then morgan scally for a little bit was on the radio before gunther it's unfortunate that ESPN seven hundred has
0: turned so many guys over because I actually think that that I mean they they should have they should have held on to so many guys that have gone through there. I mean
3: I I understand Tom it's Hackett politics, was politics though, dude. Like, it is, and that's and that's the thing with radio is like it's just so political now. Well,
0: like, it's the jazz. It's it's Mister him or me, the guy that reported that, and his name went out of my head. Sean O'Connell. Sean O'Connell. Yeah. Sean O'Connell should be doing a local talk show in Salt Lake Absolutely City. Absolutely baseless I, I, reporting, though. Yeah, well, that and was, that's what happened. That was terrible. But I think Sean O'Connell's a phenomenal talk show host. He yeah. should be doing... You should, Tyson, you should be doing a show every day. Agreed. I tell you that all the time. You should be as good as you are at play-by-play. I think you are phenomenal at, at doing a talk show. Yeah. And why you don't do a daily show, why you don't... And I know you do some podcasting, but why you don't do a daily show, I have no idea. Because you are... You are again. You're a really good play-by-play guy. You're a phenomenally talented talk show host. And I've I've told, I, frankly, I've told Tyson repeatedly he should do a show on our channel. You should do a daily show on our channel. You should. And I know that you have your Grizzlies responsibilities. Do a show three days a week because I'm telling you, that's where you're going. That's where you will become a superstar. If you ever decide to do a talk show full time, you you will become a superstar. I'm telling you. I think it just might happen one day. It may well. You, you should do it. Um, well, here's one that I think a lot of people are talking about. Uh, whoa, where did that go? Right here. Uh, Skeet says, Doris Burke
3: burned me out. Has Doris Burke become passe? ESPN made a mistake with Doris. Uh-oh. They overworked her hundred percent. Doris is someone that was, was a hall of fame sideline reporter. Could get down with Doris being on a broadcast, but when it's Doris every single week and every single night, you're going to burn people out.
0: I would agree with you that Doris gets a lot of run as a color analyst, and, and they, it, want,
4: they want her to get a lot of run. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and I I might agree with that. I might she might be overexposed. Yeah, because she's really I you guys remember when it was like wow Doris is flipping phenomenal.
3: Yeah, she's she's the guy or the gal that should play 25 minutes a night on an NBA roster and is going to give you 30 off the bench. Yeah, put her in there for forty-five minutes. So she's she's Jordan Clark. Yeah, (laughs) she's going ten of fifty and like you know, you know what I mean. Like that's that's what it is. Um, Skeet
0: says I can't take it anymore. Yeah, I know it's it and and that's the that's like the, the but this is
3: the Holly Rowe thing, right? If we're talking about broadcasters, it's a Holly Rowe thing. But the difference is this is a very distinct difference in my opinion. Holly Rowe is just not for everybody. Doris Burke is for everybody and their sister. The uh, problem yes. is, is if you overexpose yes. her, you get burned out.
0: Yes. I that's would, the problem. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Kani Johnson, what's up, KJ? He says, I don't like Holly. I don't know why, but I feel like her and, and Bailey don't get along, and you can see it at times. Well, Oh, you can see it and you can feel it. I think Thurl. Sure. See, but I'm a huge Thurl guy.
3: Oh, Thurl's amazing. I like, love the Big thing T. Is, How do you get is, along with
0: Thurl Bailey? Yeah, I, that's, that's that, the a thing. class human being. Well, exa- and, and, but it's the Alema Harrington, right? How do you not like Alema Harrington? How do you not like Thurl Bailey? Yeah, dude. Why are you forcing Holly Rowe into the broadcast? Because I, as much as it drives me crazy listening to Bowler, I can take Bowler for a half. He becomes too much of a homer. Holly Rowe makes that broadcast unlistenable. Yeah. Because she will not say anything but rah, rah, they're awesome.
4: Oh, my God, this is amazing.
0: Yeah. Oh, we're down 30. This is amazing. Wow. It, it just it makes me crazy. Well, there, it, was, it,
4: there was the summer league when she was holding up the jerseys and almost liking the jerseys. It's like... Nobody was really liking those jerseys, even though I think I've come around to those. Didn't those we talk? Oh, threads. hey, I'm the 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 yellow
0: one has grown on me substantially. The black one, it's hard not to like the black jersey, in my opinion. Yeah, I hate the white one. Whatever that white thing is, I think it's more of an ice white. It's, garbage. Right? It's, a, it's a different shade of white. Totally garbage. Oh yeah, thank you. So I am not colorblind. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about this on the show. It doesn't look normal like white it's to me. It's
3: eggshell instead of gloss. Yeah.
0: Like it. it <laughs> It doesn't look normal to me. You yeah, know, like, not by the way, this thing with Kyrie Irving is turning into something now.
3: This is. Yeah, he's going to be back Sunday.
0: Did you guys see what Kevin Durant said? And I know you did because we, we spent time talking about it in the car yesterday. Kevin Durant talked about why he demanded a trade from Brooklyn. Yeah. And he basically said, yeah, we weren't being prepared. I didn't like the way we were practicing. I didn't like we weren't doing one-on-one time. I wasn't getting any film study, and we weren't practicing well, so I didn't want to be here. Yep. And essentially, he it makes it sound like he's the one that got Steve Nash fired. He probably he is. He is.
3: And I, at least he wears it. And that's it. the responsibility of a guy like Kevin Durant. That's the responsibility of Steph and Braun and Giannis. Like. But I'm telling you, I don't think it's that far-fetched
0: anymore to say. And I think Matt Nahagian, the program director at 95.7 The Game in San Francisco, tweeted this. So it's not mine. But I do think when we get to the end of Kevin Durant, we're all going to look back and say he should have never left Golden State. Correct. I think that his legacy has been forever damaged by this whole whatever this disaster in Brooklyn's going to be. Yeah. But if they if they let Kyrie Irving play another game in Brooklyn, I think his he will never recover. KD will never recover his legacy. Cause what he's been doing since then is not about Jacques Vaughn. It's about Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Since Kyrie got suspended, Kevin Durant's been a far better player. Yeah. And I just I I think it's a it's a huge mistake. Yeah. I, I do. I, I just Yeah, yeah. whatever. Uh, Eric and Rowley says, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. And he says that's Kevin Durant's fault, though. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Jaron Eccles wasn't a big fan of the jerseys at first, but I'm coming around to them, especially the black ones with with the amazing court. Jaron, oh my god! Yeah, the court that they run out. Have you you well? You been to the game? You were at the game. I was at the next game the, this past uh, Tuesday. You were. Um, the court that court that they rolled out because you were at opening night too, right? Yeah. That court they rolled out on opening night is that their full time court now? Like, is that uh, the one they use every sure. game? Yeah, sure. Well, when know. they're
4: going to wear the purple, they're going to have the purple court out—the mountain with, with, one, yeah—with the old logo. And then, uh, then when they're with the black or the other ones, they're probably going to go with the with the uh, yeah. with the court with the black and the you know, logo in the middle.
0: Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's. I, I, I truly, the only thing that I like more um, than that court is barbecue pit stop. Like, I mean, I just, I mean, I love barbecue pit stop, which is why you should go to any of their five Utah locations. Um, Logan Layton, Salt Lake City over in Murray across from the mall. Uh, We were just there yesterday. Uh, Lehigh and of course our good friends down in St. George. And it's not that you get the Yoder or the Traeger or the big green egg. Uh, It's not that you get every barbecue spice rub seasoning that you could ever want from a man. It's that the guys that work at Barbecue Pit Stop are amazing. They are just Steve, who owns the Lehigh store, is you want to talk about entrepreneurs and on this whole thing we talked about uh, with you know starting your own life and doing your own thing and not collecting a paycheck and being your own man. Steve at 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 the Barbecue Pit Stop, the things he's doing in the barbecue community are phenomenal. But that's the caliber of guy that you get when you go to any of their stores. That Logan store, if you're ever up in Logan. Don't go to see Aggie tears. Go to the Barbecue Pit Stop in Logan because that is the nicest store I've ever been in. Yep. But they're all great, and all the guys that work there. And if you are going to smoke a turkey breast, get it, get to Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop and ask them for advice. Because Clinton in the Lehigh store makes the best turkey breast I've ever had off a smoker. Like I mean, it is it is truly remarkable. Yeah. Um. That they I it, it was awesome. Tyson, yeah. are you a smoker or a, or a charcoal briquette guy? Neither, neither, both.
4: Probably the second option. Barbecue briquettes, really?
0: Maybe we need to get you. Maybe we need to get you the hookup. Put a put a Traeger Ironwood Eight Eight Five in your backyard, and I bet you'll never buy another bag of charcoal briquettes. Well,
4: nobody's given me a free one yet, so it's uh, well, yeah, you know, it's well. We maybe we can help you with that.
0: Uh if you go to bbqpitstop.com, uh tell me you heard about it on the Monty show. Um before we get out of here, what was our oh HOAs? Yeah. Dude. First of all, I understand HOAs are necessary.
3: No, they're not. But that's the question. No, they're not.
0: You don't think they're necessary? They're
3: not necessary.
0: Okay, so I live in South Jordan and the question is, if if the HOA goes away, will my neighbor trim his trim his bushes? Will he cut his grass? Will he paint his house? That's why HOAs are here, and HOAs are here because, like, I don't live in a big neighborhood, but I live in a neighborhood where there's pow- There are lights, so somebody's got to pay for the lights, and they they water the you know the the park and at the end of our street. They salt your
3: sidewalks and they but trim your bushes sometimes, until sometimes, they don't. Like, sometimes
0: they rarely do that. The question is, are HOAs necessary? Tyson, do you, you live in, where are you at? Kearns. Do you guys have an HOA? I don't think so. You don't? See, you're one I mean, of the lucky ones.
4: I'm not in some nice gated community. You know, it's, it's like there is the that. grasses aren't necessarily green. You know, we don't have too many trees <laughs> right next to the high school. You know, I wouldn't say it's gritty, but you know, it's keeping it real. We're, we're blue collar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Be glad you don't have an HOA. I got a notice in the mail the other day that my HOA is going up $3 a quarter now that might yeah that might seem like no big deal but i get absolutely nothing out of my hoa i and i'm not kidding nothing they don't trim my bushes but once a year what is trimming your bushes once a year gonna do it forces them to grow through my screens now i gotta buy new screens right (laughs) they don't paint my house they don't shovel my nine nine storms out of ten they never shovel my sidewalk and they're supposed to
3: they don't pick up the leaves
0: they don't pick up leaves, they don't they don't do it. I don't know what my HOA does. Are we clear on that. But my HOA is like $400 a quarter. Yeah. It's over $100 a month.
3: Nice mortgage payment.
0: And they raised my HOA fee again. Again. For the second time in a year.
1: Oh, brother, it's
0: clean. It's terrible. Brian says uh, Brian Hornbeck says the HOAs are terrible. They are. Alex Chacon says HOAs are a scam. If you if it's your property, do what you will with it.
3: Yeah? I agree with that.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it helps my property value in South Jordan. I don't. I think South Jordan's a really nice place to live, but it's so frustrating. Uh, Brett Burnett says, my HOA creates value rather than just taking money and being a pain. Best HOA on the planet. I wish my HOA
3: created value. Yeah, and I wish I had a million dollars, but I don't. And nine out of 10 HOAs are a scam. Whatever.
0: Uh, Brett Burnett also says, you guys are making me hungry again. Yeah, I'm starving right now.
4: All right, what are we going to eat? Something, because I'm dying. Okay, well... (laughs)
0: Have you been, Tyson, to the Beto's over here?
4: I don't think I've been to that particular one, but I've been to some other ones. They're good. I love. You're you're thinking about that big breakfast burrito. Oh, Oh, my God, dude.
0: Yes, Tyson. Yes, I am. Um, I don't know what I want for breakfast, but I am hungry today. Yeah. And we have hockey tonight, by the way. Again, you guys. Dude, come out, please. The building is remarkable. And if you want tickets, DM me. I'm happy to give you tickets. Uh, or DM Tyson. Ask Tyson for tickets. You're the you're the high roller here. Ask Tyson for tickets. Ask Jared Youngman for tickets. Uh, <laughs> that's I pretty much I was like, hey Jared, can I get
4: some uh, tickets?
0: Yeah, like I'm telling you, the if you guys are not in the building tonight, you're crazy. It is the jumbotron, the ribbon boards, the scoreboards at the end. Um, this place is going to be lit. The Idaho Steelheads are in town tonight. Tomorrow is Pooch on the Pond.
4: What is Sunday? Sunday's at 3 o'clock Sunday's face at up. 3 o'clock. I mean, past years, it was 1 o'clock, so it's two hours later this year, so I could at least watch the early football game. <laughs> yeah. Watch sure. the early kickoff.
0: There you go. Oh, Ogie's. Yes, Neville. Ogie's oh, is oh, you so good, Ogie's? dude. Good Lord. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jan was great. Kay Nuren says. Jan was great. Alex Chacon says, get Alice's kitchen for breakfast. Tyson, have you had Alice's kitchen?
4: No, I haven't.
0: I have not had Alice's kitchen either. Maybe I'll have to look that up. Brett Burnett is going to make us jealous by saying HOA provided TV, internet, movies, great to get, get together barbecues, Easter hunts, yard sales as a group, only ninety dollars. All I right, mean, he's
4: got the one good HOA. Yeah, I was to say. Say. Come <laughs> on, guy! Come on,
0: guy! <laughs> Exactly. He's got the one good Jesus. HOA. Hey, uh, as always, uh, thanks so much to our partners on this show, the advocates, UtahAdvocates.com, our guys at Barbecue Pit Stop, our guys at TridayTrading.com. Great. Hey, really, thank you for humoring the Triday Trading convers- it went, We got off the rails. Dude, that was an awesome conversation we had. Thank you so much for sharing your feelings on that on tridaytrading.com slash monty quick quack car wash uh use the promo code monty25 at papa murphy's pizza we'll have our lock and a big big pick on oregon and utah no bo nicks it looks like he's out we'll tell you the final score tomorrow jake before i put up the graphic right tyson thanks for coming in it's good to be here
4: you know i'm Kind of looking forward to tonight's game. Me too.
0: You think? Make sure you go right now and subscribe to the Utah Grizzlies uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Tyson and I will have the call uh, of the game tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Uh, Come on out. Get tickets. DM me. Happy to hook you up or go to utahgrizzlies.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.